We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, do not adjust your screens. I am back from Australia. This is Believe You Me with Anthony Smith and, regrettably for you, Michael Bisping. Stick it in your pipe and smoke it. What's going on, Anthony? How you been, buddy? Not much, man. I'm glad you didn't make a liar out of me. I told the believers uh, Thursday we had a special guest coming on today. And- <laughs> <laughs> sure, shit. Well, we do have is. special guests. We've got yeah, Drew Michael Dober right here. and Jalen Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special guest, you know. Started the podcast in 2015, yeah. you know what I mean? But thought I'd show my face. No, there was a, I was at my brother's-in-law, just no Wi-Fi. We tested right. with Brian and it just, I mean, there was Wi-Fi, but it's like, it just wasn't going to happen. So there you go. There you go. Well done to you, lads, for keeping the show going. Appreciate it, boys. Well done. I'm sure you did I hope fantastic. you didn't watch it. I did not. No, don't no. watch it. Don't watch no. it. No. Really? No, it's yeah, we went off the rails. It's uh, I'm I'm surprised we, there's a show to come back to here. So we're we're good for now. What was the off the rails? What which was most off the rails? Um, you know, Michael, you do a pretty good job of keeping this thing on track, and you know, we kind of are just all over the place. Yeah, well, some, it's not easy and, sometimes. And there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough berating of Harrington, so I'm nah. sure you'll be disappointed in that. I didn't give him no, enough don't shit. Worry. Don't worry. We give Brian a whole segment on uh, his conspiracy theories with AI. So there was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there'll be none of that shit now. Don't worry. <laughs> the king is back. <laughs> but look at him. I hate him already. Uh, to think. There's a lot of stuff going on. John Jones comes back next next week. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about that next week. But he uh, did you see that he feels like he's vindicated from um, steroid use? Did you see that? What he said about that? I did. I don't. I don't know where the, where did the, uh, the because they changed the USADA rules that would mm. essentially now not make it. I guess a well, he wouldn't have been a failure at the time, correct? Yes. Yes. So they changed the threshold from, well, whatever it was before, but they've changed mm-hmm. it up to one hundred picograms. So a picogram is one trillionth of a gram, and apparently does give you no performance advantage whatsoever he had 25 i believe in his system now it's 100 so he's like oh i'm cleared i I, I didn't the actual tweet was i feel cleared there will be no asterisks next to any of my performances it's good that the rest of of the world can see what i've known this whole time my only advantage over my competition has been pure hard work um what's your take obviously no smoke without fire we know all this we know the history but what's your thoughts well, 
first of all, the part that stood out to me was the the pure hard work. Um, when he when himself he's 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 admitted himself that there's been times where he's kind of just phoned it in and he's just such a yeah. fantastic athlete and fantastic fighter. He's able to do it. It's, it's that famous joke. I, I beat you, you know, after a night of cocaine or something like that or whatever. That oh, joke that's was. right. Yeah. No, no. He said it to, was it DC? Augustus? It was DC. I think it was DC. Yeah. 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 So um, I think at times, and I think that's a credit to how good he is. It, 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 there's at times he hasn't worked as hard as he should have and looked past people and was still able to get wins. So, um, you know, I don't know what to think of that, of the, of the whole Pico Graham thing. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily understand all of that. Um, I think either way there was at some point there was something in his system. So mm. I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know how all that works to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, to be it? honest, <sighs> I, I mean, those things in his system, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I'm, I'm always dubious always dubious anytime there's a contaminated supplement defense and all the rest of it i actually did a video on it yesterday on my youtube channel so i don't want to go into it too in depth because it can be kind of boring but um i mean listen there was things in the system that shouldn't have been there you know and then Mm -hmm. granted there was the cocaine thing i don't really hold that against him you know some people like to enjoy themselves that's a recreational drug it doesn't really right uh, it was out of competition he can do whatever you want want. so that one not so much the dick pill thing you know he said that's where some of the uh contamination of certain drugs came from look if i was him i just wouldn't have bothered tweeting anything to be honest because you're kind of highlighting it it's forgot it's forgot it's in the past you got a monster fight against Cyril Gahn next week. Heavyweight title on the line and a sick fight card as well. I mean, I'm yeah. excited for that one. I know you don't like John Jones, but you got to be excited for that card. You know, it's not even so much that I don't like John Jones. You know, to be honest, I think uh, much like John, I think I've turned the the leaf on a lot of things. You know, I think I've, I've not that we've spoken about it or 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 hashed it out, but I think that. Luke Rockhold and I are probably past our, our, our ordeal. You know, it's just not, it's more work than it's worth to continue the, the bullshit. You know, it's just not worth it at some point. And I've never had any problems with John personally. I actually think that if John and I were to sit down and, and have a couple beers together, I, I, I would mm. be fairly certain that he and I would, would have a, just a, a fine time sitting there. I'm BS sure you it. would. I don't think we're that much unlike um, in a lot of ways. So, um, we just never had the opportunity to do that. And, and, and I understand his frustration with me where he feels like, well, this guy's always talking shit. It's not that I'm talking shit. It's just that I'm a former opponent. I'm a guy that's been critical of you. I, I'm critical of, of your performances at times. Um, but that's my job. I'm, I'm supposed to analyze you. I, and, and, and I, I would think that at this point he's noticed that I've never attacked him personally. Um, so I, you know, it's not even that I don't like him. We just never had an opportunity to, to have a real life conversation. Yeah, and you know what, To be, for the most part, a lot of fighters were kind of, were similar types of people, kind of cut from the same cloth. If you met under different circumstances, you generally get along. I always mm-hmm. said that about Rockhold. You know, he's mates with Daniel Cormier. I like mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier. The fact them two were so close makes me think that we'd probably get along, and we kind of do now. Not that we're best buds. We're not jumping on the phone. But when I see him, I don't want to punch him in the face and he doesn't yeah. want to kick me in the head. I mean, that's right. pretty good, you know, yeah. because it was like that for a long, long time. Uh, but listen, we got a lot to talk about with John Jones. We'll save most of that for next week, though, because it's going to be John Jones overload. It's going to be John Jones forced down your throat for the next 10 days, which I'm mm-hmm. excited about. You got to be excited too. about it. I'm though. really excited about this fight. It, it, there's lots of questions, you know, without getting 
deep into it now. We're going to spend all next week getting deep into it. So, but yes, I'm very excited. There's a lot of questions. Mm. There's a mm. lot of, this is a, one of those really Unknowns. fun fights to break down. Yeah. Well, it, this one really fits in my wheelhouse as far as breaking fights down because there's, there's so much film on John. There's so many different opponents he's fought. There's guys, there's grapplers, there's wrestlers, there's big power guys, there's long rangey elusive strikers. There's just a lot on him. So you get a lot of, a lot of tape study and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we'll be going into all of that next week. So make sure you tune in for that one because there is a lot to talk about and it is going to be fun. Uh, McGregor making the news again this week, threatening Tom Aspinall. I'm not sure if you saw that. Did, no, did I you didn't. Run across that? Big Tom. Oh, Big Tom. <laughs> Good luck with oh, that. Oh, Big Tom. So me and Tom were talking the other day. Um, we were on the phone, just, just having a little catch up. And I was trying to get him on the podcast. He said, I'd love to. He's going away doing something. He said, when I come back, we said, oh, did you see McGregor? And I hadn't done it. I hadn't seen it whatsoever. And McGregor, um, yeah, he, he was talking about, he was doing a podcast or talking to some journalist or something. And he basically got asked about it. And he just said, he didn't say anything bad, but he just said he wasn't that interested. He said, I'm kind of over the whole McGregor thing. He said, there's way more fights that I'm excited about. The Jones fight for one in his division. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about Leon Edwards fighting Kamaru. He said, there's lots of fights that I'm more interested in. I'm not that interested in it. So then uh, McGregor didn't say that too kindly. Let's see if I think Harrington put it in the notes here. He said, yeah, yeah, here it is. Well done, Harrington. He says, uh, mush head, <laughs> which is... Such a low blow. Mushhead rat, keep your comments to yourself. Bum prick. Say sayonara to that Jim King deal kid. Starve you and kill you, I fucking will. You disrespectful prick. Don't ever speak my name in disrespect again. Mush potato head. And then um, <laughs> Tom just like responded by on his phone screensaver thing, you know, like his contact, scribbled mm-hmm. out Tom Aspinall and put mush potato head. In fact, there it is. <laughs> That's Tom. Tom's the most laid back guy. I mean, have you spoke to Tom when we've had him on the podcast? Andy? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah. There's no rattling him. You know, I guess no. when you walk around and you're six foot five and you're as talented as Tom Aspinall, you know, yeah. you, you move so well and you're so good in every facet of 270 pounds. <laughs> you're not bothered about some lightweight chatting no. a bit of shit. You just laugh it off. Yeah. I just don't, that's, that's the one part that does get me thinking weird. Like, why do you care what Tom Aspinall says? Why is he so worried? Like the times he's come at you, the times he's come at me, the time, like, to a little bit i understand why he comes at us when he's upset because we do have a big platform and a lot of people are listening to things that we say on here and in other places but but tom aspen also no one Jesus well, he's not a no one but if he's just on an interview like what i mean what you couldn't even you couldn't even tell me what what media outlet he was with no you know i, I mean? can't like, like can't. how many people it was heard like it. jamie you know nunez I mean? or something like that if I not, nothing against the the media outlet it's just you know i like why do you care what tom aspen has to say just Worry about you and do your thing. It's not that big of a deal. You can't care what everyone says about you. But you know what it is. And there's a lot of fights. If there's other fights you're more excited about, like that's not, it's not a knock on Connor. It's just where Tom's feelings are and want to see other fights. It certainly wasn't an insult. It wasn't, but I kind of, not that I get it from McGregor's perspective, but if you, here's what I think's going on. It's kind of the same reason why I'm excited for John Jones coming back. You know, for Jones, you know, he's definitely in discussion about being the GOAT. Anytime you talk about Khabib, 
Islam, Volkanovsky. He's very quick to jump on Twitter and say, well, you know, have you guys forgotten about me type of scenario? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he feels forgotten about. He feels disrespected. He feels like, you know, people have basically, as I said a moment ago, forgotten about how great he was. And I think that's kind of what propels Connor a little bit as well. And it's actually why I, res I respect that side of it, you know, because he doesn't have to fight. We know this. He's, he's made the money. Um, but he, he holds that so dear to his heart. I don't know what you were like growing up, Anthony, but when I was growing up, didn't have much. All I had was my fighting ability. And I really prided myself on that to a fault. Absolutely to a fault. But if someone thought they could beat me in a fight, I was very down to find out. So I was always getting in scraps because that was all I had. And McGregor, I think that's why he's so sensitive about it. It's like, hold on a minute. I was a double champ. I set this spot on fire. I made tons of money, you know, and, and I'm not saying I agree with him, but I'm just saying, I think that's why he has these irrational responses. No, dude, I, I, I think you're hundred percent right. And I, th do you think that that's part of what makes, you know, just to use John and Connor as an example, do you think that's what makes them so great? You know, in, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, like they're, yeah. I had this conversation uh, yesterday with my, uh, with my therapist. So, you know, I don't give a shit. I'm still, I'm in therapy and I got someone I talk to. So she whoa, said, whoa, whoa. I thought I was your therapist, Anthony. You are. I thought me yeah. I'm in therapy three times a week, twice into with you. each other's <laughs> eyes, spilling our hearts out to the believers. You know, it this is. is my form of therapy, Anthony. My Dude, I'm telling you, sometimes I feel like I'll come on here and I'll feel kind of like shit. And I'll leave here feeling a whole lot better. So, oh, yeah, no, no, no. It is weird how you do that. Yeah, I've, I've had arguments with Beck. Come on here. Mm -hmm. Come off. I'm loosey goosey. Right. But happy. she's still mad. Ready to go. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she's fine. She hasn't got issues. She doesn't hang yeah. on and harbor things. I do. But when I come on and do a two hour long podcast, I'm like, I forgot about it. Yeah, fuck it. But, anyways, I was talking to her. And she brought something up saying that people like me and you and, and, and fighters in general, that it's like you hold on to stuff that, that got you to where you were, but then once you don't need it anymore, you don't ever let go of it. So it's like you, you kind of live, I don't know, like you're in, in defense all the time. Like you're constantly defending yourself is how you feel, or you mm. constantly, I don't know, like in a state of survival. But then even, even when you don't have to serve, you don't have to have that survival mindset, not so much that you don't need it, need it when you fight or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like it got you to where you were, but then once you don't need it anymore, you hold on to it. That's almost how it is with Connor and John. Like that mindset is what got them to being as popular and the, the double champ. And then John, you know, the potential greatest of all time. But now he doesn't really need that thought process. Mm. You, would, you would think in a perfect world that you would transition that to a different type of motivation to stay in your spot. But you, it's like, it's like some rich people always are mentally broke. Like you, they could have millions and millions and millions of dollars, but in their mind they're still broke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do completely understand what you're saying. And I think the, the, the main reason that they're still like that is because they're still active. They're still mm -hmm. currently an active member of the roster. I mean, John's fighting next week for crying out loud. More than likely, we're going to see Connor in a in the ring with Michael Chandler. Even though I saw him on Instagram falling out of the Ultimate Fighter house yesterday, absolutely hammered. I don't know if you saw that. No, <laughs> no. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was on a good one. He was on a good. Oh, hey, no. hey, hey. I went in the Ultimate Fighter house a couple of times. Kind of, kind of on a good one as well. So no judgment from my side. But the point that I was making is that they're still active. 
they're still fighters. They're still competing against everybody. You know what I'm saying? I think when you retire and hang it up, and I'm speaking from my experience, you walk away and you're not quite as hostile when those kind of things are brought to your attention. You're not quite kind of triggered by it initially. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because... Connor wants to be a champion again. Jones, for damn sure, wants to win that fight next weekend. He's not going into that one to lose. So they still have that competitive nature that gets the hackles up, you know what I mean, and makes mm-hmm. them want to lash out quickly and, and aggressively. You know, but I think once you walk away, that kind of goes. Now, granted, that's not for everyone. I don't think, for example, a George St. Pierre was like that, but a lot of us are kind of like that. Oh, for sure. And and my last point on this is if if I was Connor or I was John and I and I see myself saying the same things, I would probably do the same thing. The the difference is I don't have a lot of like former athlete, you know, I don't have a lot of podcast guys that were former fighters analyzing me. There's not a lot of us, you know? There's not a lot of me and you's and DC's and Felders. There's just not. So um, you know, if there was a bunch Sankos. of active remember uh, Sankos and Sanko. You know, there's not a lot of people. Don't if you know this first female commentator the UFC's ever had. It is. <laughs> no, it no is. I'm joking. It is. Um, it is. It is. We just mentioned it, it a lot. <laughs> just, a, just a lot. Just a lot. I keep giving <laughs> her. You know I that. gave her. No, when I, I worked sh- with her in Bristol. I gave her so much shit. Like every time she would say, "Oh, hey, Anthony," like, "Oh, what do you need a coffee?" You're the first female yeah, commentator yeah, yeah, in the yeah, UFC. Yeah. Like, just kept giving no, her a whole bunch of shit about it. I, same a, here. A good sport. I, I, no, she's great. She's absolutely hilarious. She's got a good sense of humor. That's why he can do that. But anyway, sorry sure. you were saying. Fuck, I don't remember what I was saying. I'm sorry. They'll be like, why oh, is this? Oh, I, I guess my, my, no, my whole point was just I, I would be upset too. It's just I don't have a bunch of current and former fighters that are super critical of me, and, I, and I'm not the star that they are. So you know what I mean? My profile's mm. not as large as theirs is. So, but I can't. I can imagine that I'd probably react the same in a lot of those ways. Yeah, you know, that's the issue as well. You know, when you're a star of the magnitude of McGregor or John Jones, because what do you think? You think they're the two biggest? Star- I mean, of course, McGregor is by far. Do, but do you think Jones will be the next biggest star in mixed martial arts? Harrington and Brian, what do you guys think as well? And if it's not, who do you think? I think he's up there for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know who would be big. Yeah, probably. I always, I always equate stars to who do. It's such a the, stupid thing in childish to is, say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but you know, like who do the who do casual fans recognize more? And I would say John and Connor, like the two, the two like household names that most people will recognize. Hamza, I know that sounds awful to say. Nah, I don't think so. But, I, well, it depends really, on the what do you reckon, Brian. I think Anthony got it. I think it's just John and Connor are the two big uh, superstars in MMA right now. Um, maybe Patty Pimblet on like a on like a smaller scale because of Barstool. So like other people who enjoy other sports and mm. watch them through Barstool are familiar with Patty and Molly. But like that's a, a much smaller scale. I think John. What about Herringbone? Herringbone, are you there? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're kind of discounting Izzy a little bit in this conversation. Like, I do think being on the cover of the video game and Masvidal, for that matter, right? Like, yeah. people, I, I feel like they have resonated a little bit with the greater public than uh, than than some of the top contenders, even. Yeah, no, yeah, that's I, a good point. That's a good. A good I mean, point. Nate you know, Diaz. I, I, when I go to these, when I go to these like volleyball games or these basketball games, there's you know hundreds of teams in these tournaments and stuff, and someone will know I'm a fighter. They'll want to say hi. They'll want to talk to me. I can always tell who the biggest star is by who they want to ask me about. And I would say, ah. 
I'd say 70, 80% of the time, it's Connor and then John. Like, is Connor McGregor ever going to fight again? Like, oh, yeah, I think so, man. And they're like, what about John Jones? Where's he been? You know, that, like, those are the names. So I always feel like, broadly, that's kind of like my barometer for who's, yeah, who's yeah. hot. It probably is. I was just going to say Nate Diaz as well. Obviously, he's not mm-hmm. part of the company anymore. But the, the Diaz brothers, Ronda Rousey back in the day. I mean, there's been massive stars. George St. Pierre, but he's hung the gloves up. It's It's kind of weird it's bittersweet you know because all these big names you know they have retired a lot of them you know like quentin mm-hmm. rampage jackson was an absolute megastar back in the day yeah. you know megastar but he's forgotten about these days not talked about you know and there's so many of them not by me you know, it's my favorite fighter not, oh is it really yeah yeah was he your favorite fighter? I, al- yeah. I almost talked to him last year at the mma awards <laughs> But I was too nervous, so I didn't go up and introduce myself. Really? I, well, I was afraid he'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? What is he he's doing? He's a grumpy here? fucker. Is he? he looked like he was in a good mood. He had a few oh, When in he's in a good hand. mood, he's the best human being on planet Earth. But yeah, he can be a little bit like that, but he's great. Um, well, speaking of Conor McGregor, keeping it on kind of that vibe, but on a former opponent, Dustin Poirier. Harrington, I'll let you break this one down. I saw this video. Um, now this guy's just being an absolute prick trying to wind up um, what's his face Dustin Poirier I don't even know where, where this was Harrington was this like because you sent it into the group chat and that's the first time I saw it it was like some rally for his hot sauce or something in Louisiana uh, I'm I'm not sure just based on the timing of it uh, given that, that I saw it on Monday I assumed it was a Mardi Gras thing because uh, I know like they they celebrate that pretty hard but I'll look further into that but yeah it was uh, it was a parade uh, Dustin was going by and some fan got a real bright idea. I mean, this guy's just a tit for want of a better word. And he's going to show it to him. Yeah, he's going to show it. Hold on. Now, apparently he slaps him. I didn't see him slap him. I mean, I saw it him swing like a slap. what I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, no, so he, he, didn't, he didn't connect, I don't think. But either way, what an absolute asshole, right? Because you think that's so? a lot of effort. Yeah, do you not think that guy's an asshole for doing that? No, it looked to me like he thought, like he put his hand out to like, hey, hey, that's a funny joke. Like, am I the only guy that like sits around with his buddies and when we're all just having a drink or watching the fights or something, and someone will just go, "Your wife sent me DMs." Like we joke it's about hilarious. it all the time. Like I and yeah, I, now yeah, I feel no, no, bad no, no. because Dustin's so offended by it, but like it, that's like one of those one of those like one liners that is just stuck. So my friends say it all the time. Anytime I'm saying something or I'm messing with them or we're ribbing each other, one of them will just say that. So it looked to me like he was, oh, yeah. like he thought it was going to be funny to Dustin. For, for, for sure. I totally get what you're talking about there. Your friends, you're busting balls. You're allowed to do that. This guy's gone to a lot of effort to do that. Uh, and obviously, clearly, well, he's an idiot. I mean, situation yeah, for, he's an for idiot. Dustin Poirier. So I think he was just trying to be a knobhead. But then, you know how it is? You know, like people talk shit online. They talk shit on Twitter. But then when they see you in person, they want to shake your hand and get a picture with you. You know, it mm-hmm. might have been like that. Or maybe he was just saying it in good jest, but there was no lol. There was no smiley face. You right. know, it might, yeah, and it Dustin might have took it slightly the wrong way. Yeah, it was, it was poorly executed, but it did look yeah. like he was shocked that Dustin was pissed. So, yeah, but well. if you look at Dustin on Twitter, he's very playful on Twitter. Like he doesn't seem to get too riled up. Like if I never see him on Twitter, I, I it's, of course it's not I follow often. him. I never see him. Yeah, it's not often he's he's on Twitter, but he's very playful. He's very fun, and even when people are talking shit, like he's always got like a real funny response. You know, like he's really quick witted. 
So I'm, I'm wondering if like that guy got the wrong vibe because I would have, yeah, ne- I yeah. would never say that to Dustin. <laughs> like I would never crack that joke to him. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just got a, you know, a poor sense of comedy. Yeah, well, maybe or he got a poor side of Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Either way, he was getting, uh, he was getting what's it called? He was getting. I don't, what was he doing there? I, I know he was on the back of a truck. Harrison says Mardi Gras, which is going around waving at fans and stuff. Fair play. Like throwing bees, yeah. Throwing what beads? Throwing beads. Throwing beads. I, think they, I know nothing about. Well, I think they threw someone on the on the same jeep threw out beads right afterwards. It's like a Mardi Gras thing. They used them as currency to get to see titties. They yeah, do. yeah. Well, well. All right. Listen. Unlike Harrington, I do like to trim my downstairs area, my private parts, the 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 balls. You got to trim it. Okay, Harrington, you don't. But listen, if you did, you would know that the Manscaped, right, has redesigned the electric trimmer because Manscaped has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball trimmer ever created. It is the the lawnmower 4.0, the fourth generation trimmer. Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. Listen. Oh, bullshit aside, you're going to be able to trim your downstairs area without hurting yourself, without cutting yourself, without nicking yourself. Use it on your face if you want as well. Use it on your arms. Use it on your back. Get that hair off the fat, flabby parts of your back, Harrington. Uh, it is waterproof. If you want to do it in the shower, you can do that. It's got an LED light. It's got a 7,000 RPM quiet stroke mo- uh, technology motor. I mean, come on. This is everything you want. Listen. Everybody, you need to trim, you need to groom, you need to take care of yourself, and you want to do it without injuring yourself. You want to go to manscaped.com and use the code BISPING20. You get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Your significant other will thank you. You will also thank yourself when you step out of the shower. You catch yourself in the mirror. You're naked, but you're like, oh, look at that. Smooth as a groove. Manscaped.com. BISPING20 is the code. Your balls will thank you. Okay, where were we? Uh, what time is it? We've, what is it? One thirty-eight. We've got seven minutes if Drew Dalber's on time. Um, seven minutes until he joins us. So Harrington, go on, throw us one of these uh, non-MMA stories. I'm having a look here. I've been saving. A man convicted you. of double homicide is suing <laughs> his prison over soggy tofu. Mm-hmm. Do we want to hear that, Anthony, or do we want to <laughs> hear Home like Depot one... is now selling tiny homes for as little as fifteen thousand uh, dollars? I seen that, and I immediately went to HomeDepot.com because I'm looking at one for sure. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I got a buddy that's got one that he just like. All right, Hamilton, cue it up. Let's give yeah. Hamilton. We'll give him his due. His, uh, put yeah, the work exactly. In. I mean, there's there's not much else to be said. Just Home Depot is now promoting these. Uh, they are fifteen thousand dollars. You can finance it for as low as three hundred and one dollars a month. Um, yeah, just get yourself some land and some plumbing, and you got yourself a house for. So how tiny grand. are they though? I mean, this uh, this guy does like a a little walkthrough of it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's small. If you're just yeah, a single I'm, guy though, that's a great idea. It's not bad. It's not, it's not bad. If you got somewhere to put it, I got a buddy that's got one and his parents have a whole bunch of land out in Colorado. And he just like, he has a family that's, in, you know, he lives in Denver and, and him and he's got his whole wife and kid and they do their thing. But when they want to just disappear, he wants to disappear. He just jets out into the middle of nowhere, stays in this tiny little house. It's got plumbing and water. And it's, it's that's the I thing you need to the land awesome. though. I think you need the awesome. land. Most I'll put one in my backyard position. for when I'm in trouble. Well, well, yeah, not a bad idea. Most people, though, that want to buy one for, 
you know, for shelter, for actual shelter. I don't think they're in a position to fork out 15 grand and have the land. You can stick it in a car park somewhere, but still yeah. for 15 grand, I mean, you can, well, how much is an RV? They're about $100,000. Yeah, there's a lot more than that. Yeah. Saying that, you're kind of stuck. I mean, you could stick a house on the back of a trailer. It might not be the smartest thing to do. You, could, you like that, Anthony? They're, they're mobile. You can, you, you got to move You them. got one of those? Oh, you went to look at them? An RV or the tiny house? No, no, so the tiny house. I guarantee you've got an RV. No, I just sold it not that long ago. We've talked oh, about see, this before. See, I knew yeah. it. Of course, of course. Um, no, I've looked at them, though. I've looked at them. Just, I just think it'd be cool, like... I've been wanting to purchase like some, uh, like a hunt, like some hunting ground just so mm. me and my kids can, you know, have our own spot. And I was like, well, what the hell are we going to do? So I just thought about putting one of those tiny houses on it. And then we have like a place to stay. Ah, yeah. Hey, like that was amazing. I was just thinking then when you said hunting, Eric Goulet, you know, the guy that owns the horses. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He sent in a Bisbee. hunting knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to do one called Lionheart as well, though, I believe. I, I know. I, I just haven't won him over yet, I guess. But one of these days, he'll get one. Well, he wanted, he wanted us to, whatever, we'll talk, we'll talk about that off air. But Eric very kindly sent in a hunting knife for Lucas. And really? Brian or Harrington forwarded it down to our house. So thank you, Eric. However, Harrington or Brian, whichever one it was, they're trying to set me up for an epic fail, for a fall. Before you uh, say what happened, it was definitely Harrington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knife was out of the sheath. You know what I mean? Oh, no. So, like, I'm pulling, I'm opening it up. I'm like, what is this? I've got my hand in because I couldn't open it all the way. And I pull it out, nearly sliced my finger off, Harrington. Okay. Jeez, so, wheeze, buddy. I packed it perfectly. The office manager here at Gas, who then delivered it to the post office, opened it up to be like, oh, what is this thing? And then remembered that was the knife I had told him to go send the day before. And so he, he repackaged it poorly. Took it out of the sheath, sending it to a young boy. Oh, my God. So I want a hunting knife. My word. I would love a, a hunting nice hunting knife. knife. I would very, love one. Very, very nice hunting knife. I wish I had one. Um, <laughs> right, so, what is it? Three minutes. Three minutes. That didn't go very far, did it? So, should we do another one? Harrington, yeah. throw us one at your discretion, Harrington. Well, I've been I've been saving this one uh, while you've been out because you sent this one through. Uh, the German ballet director... Uh, who is now being investigated by the police uh, after a negative review from a critic led to him rubbing dog feces in her face. Yeah, hold on. Just just, just, just to throw this out there. We have a group chat, and now and again I'll see like a story that makes me laugh. So I copied the link and I throw them in just so we remember as we go. Never mm -hmm. once said, we have to talk about this on the show. So he, he throws that in there as if let's try and shame me. Uh, yeah. But go on. So what happened? The German ballet director has been fired from his job and he's been investigated by the police after allegedly smearing dung feces in the face of a critic who gave a negative review. See, look, Conor McGregor's not on his own. You I was just going mean? to say, we just talked about this stuff. People <laughs> take that shit personally. Even ballet directors. Do you like a bit of ballet, Anthony? No, no, we're not much of a ballet family over here. It's uh, not something we do. Yeah, it's. I am so shocked. Yeah, let's have a look, Brian. Let's, let's he see looks like a diehard villain. Is, is that him? Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that's definitely a guy that rubs shit in other people's faces. He looks like a shit munching the <laughs> German. Do we no can we see? Oh obviously we can't see him rubbing the thing in. What did he get? Oh. What kind of sentence did he get? I mean that's to be fair, that's pretty bad. That's rubbing pretty, some dog feces gross. in someone's face. So he's being investigated right now. He says I had two premieres back to back. I was under a lot of stress and you know I regret it, but it happened. Yeah but you can't oh, he's not do even that. denying I mean, it. 
He's not even denying it. I mean, I guess you can't. I guess you can't do that. Uh, Drew Dober's in the house, one of the most handsome bastards on the UFC roster. Brian, you want to just stick Drew Dober in the middle so we're both peering at him? It's a BYM sandwich. Um, we were just right. literally talking right there, Drew. And welcome to the show, and thank you for your time. Oh, thanks for having me on. Oh, bro, it was, it was way overdue. Um, a German ballet director didn't like a review of his show, so he smeared dog feces or dog shit, as we probably call it, in someone's face. Have you ever had anyone online talking shit and you've wanted to rub some dog shit in their face? <laughs> I mean, I think the internet is for talking shit, so I think that the dog shit would be a little outrageous. But uh, no, I don't think anyone's got it that far. No, 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 no. Anyway, you just uh, jumped on just as we were talking about that. Uh, lots of things to talk about, Drew. The one thing that's going around the rumor that's circulating, and I'm just going to start with this. I'm going to ask, because you even kind of cryptically tweeted, big things going on this year. If you can't talk about it, just say can't talk about it. But Drew Dover, Paddy Pimbler, UFC 288, 6th of May, according to someone on Twitter. Well, you know, I mean, that's a that's one exciting fight. I mean, I think uh, everyone wants to to see me punch Patty in the mouth, and uh, to see uh, to test his a scour a scouser theory. Um, but uh, it, it's really all up in his field. You know, I'm I'm not above uh, fighting anybody, and uh, especially someone as uh, as well liked as this guy. Uh, but the ball's in his court, so I, I've accepted. I'm all for it. I'm ready to go whenever he wants. Uh, now we're just waiting on him. So you got offered the fight and you accepted it. Um, I wouldn't go say it was offered as in I've been, you know, putting my name up in the mix to fight him. Uh, now we're just figuring out what the UFC wants to do with Patty. And, uh, you know, like when you have X many followers on Instagram, right? Like he has to, you know, call the shots and, uh, yeah, we'll see what he, uh, what he wants. And, uh, I'll, I'll agree to it. Well, I hope it happens because it, it would be a fantastic fight. And to be honest, Drew, it's kind of kind of the matchups that you deserve right now. Let's go back to that fight because obviously we don't know if that fight's going to happen. No point sitting here talking too much about Paddy. But I hope it happens because I think it'd be a great fight for both of you. Um, that fight against Bobby Green. Oh, my God. That was sensational. <laughs> Listen, Bobby's awesome. And by the way, the sportsmanship that you both showed afterwards because Bobby's just a G, isn't he? But he's fast. He's slick. You know what I mean? And he was giving you a bit of a tough time to start because that's what he does because he's so good. But you just stayed the course and in round two, backed him up against the fence and boom, the shot. I mean, what was going through your mind? Because he is elusive and so quick. What was going through your mind? Like at the end of round one, we like, this son of a bitch, just stay in one place for a second. <laughs> I mean, it was in the middle of the, the first round. I was like, damn, Bobby Green's doing this to me. Like, <laughs> we thought about it all camp. Like, don't allow this to happen. Don't do this. But, man, he was just so good at it. And, like, he was putting it on me. And, like, I was like, oh, man, he's doing this to me. Uh, man, he just – the way he runs his mouth and moves his head and he's just so elusive. It's it's a, It was a style of fight that I've never been a part of. Um, but, um, yeah, so I sat on that stool in between rounds and I looked at my coach and I was like, well, that didn't work. Uh, what's next? And, uh, you know, the key was, uh, 
you know, the term was a throw to miss, right? I think I was engaging a little too much in that first round, trying to land everything, and I wasn't able to see his counters. So in the second round, we came in with uh, just the, the ability to miss punches and, and more control the octagon. Um, and I was able to see his counter, and uh, it got to a point where once I got in the pocket, I refused to get out of the pocket, and we found that left hand. Junior, in your last couple fights, it seems like the, the beginning of them, it's it have it has it started the way that you wanted but i think you're making adjustments better now and you're like now that, at this point in your career than you have in the past so i feel like in the past you've always been in these real gritty i don't know uh, just kind of back and forth battles where you're kind of taking it but you're also you're you're giving damage back but it seems you didn't make the adjustments early on in your career that you're making now what what have you what what would you change? Like I, I know you still have a lot of the same people in your camp. You're kind of in the same spot, um, so it does seem like you're maybe they're a little rougher than they were at the start, but you're making much better adjustments as the fight goes. Yeah, man, my first rounds in that apex have, haven't been so good in the the year of 2022. But uh, my older age, you know, you gotta you gotta make adjustments in your 30s, or else you're just gonna drown. Um, and on top of that, my loss against Brad Riddell was a huge eye-opening moment. I went into that fight thinking I was going to knock Brad out, found his chin in the first, and uh, I wasn't able to seal the deal. And he made the adjustments, and I wasn't able to keep, keep up. Um, and that's how we won the decision. So that loss really sparked that, you know, we got to treat every round like an individual round. We don't want to come into fights with expectations. We only react to the problems that we're given. And, uh, man, it was just a huge theme on that loss of just being able to adapt and overcome every moment of every fight. Mm. I mean, to be honest, you can't blame me for thinking that you're going to catch him and put him away because your last six victories in a row have all been knockouts. You know, is that something that you always trained for or is it just like you just have that ability? You always knew that even before mixed martial arts, you had the ability to knock somebody out. I think I was just blessed with that left hand uh, to solve problems. Uh, but the problem is, is uh, when I uh, expect too much or if I ever go in assuming I'm going to get the knockout, it, it doesn't seem to happen. And so the the fights that I do get the knockout, I go in with that idea that we're going to have a war for, you know, 15 minutes. You know, I was equally as surprised as everyone else when I put Bobby Green away because he's hard to hit and hard to knock out. So I just got to go into every single fight thinking this is going to be the biggest fight of my life and we're going to fight the four the, the full fight. Do you, do you think you're talking about you just getting older in your thirties? Um, this isn't the, the old school days in the South Sokol anymore. We're, we're grown men now. Um, do you think, cause you had found out about the, about you guys expecting a baby before the fight, correct? Yes. Did that, do you feel like that changes anything maybe in your preparation or, or your, your motivation? It yeah, yeah, it, it changed it changed the uh, the mentality going to the um, fight camp. You know, mm -hmm. not so much fight week, but fight camp. And that was, you know, I've been training uh, to feed myself, right? I've been fighting to feed myself. And now we got a baby on the line and I'm going to be a dad. So now being too hungry, being too tired, being fatigued, all that stuff no longer matters. I know what, what the job I need to get done. And uh, you just got to shut your mouth and get the job done. And uh, we really uh, pursued that with my fight with uh, Bobby Green. And, and we're continuing it this year as far as, man, no excuses you know, you sometimes you got to feel like shit and get the job done. And, uh, you know, that's what we had to do in the Bobby Green fight. Is it a boy or girl that you've got? So we got a girl. So that means I got more 
more uh, on my hands than if I had a boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, think man, fighters me... make boys. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, all fighters are girls. It's Dang. well, except for Michael Bisbing. I mean, he can rub that into everyone, but well, I've got, he's well, just I've more got, of a I've man got, than us. I've got a daughter, you know what I mean? I've got two boys as well. You know, you do it enough times, you get one. Um, no, you don't, but well, no, not with you. you've got 27 girls, haven't you? Um, <laughs> yeah. but 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 now you're a father, though. For me, when I was you know, when I was younger, I was reckless. When the kids came along, that's kind of what led me on this path to becoming a professional fighter in the first place. Um, but when kids are involved, it's no longer about yourself. You know, and, and I would assume for yourself, because as I say, I had kids before I was a fighter. But if my children came along when I was already in the UFC, that would motivate me further, make me train harder, make it more professional, my camps more structured, structured and all the rest of it. But there's some people I know, like Brian Stan, I believe, uh, was like, I've got children now. Was it Brian Stan? Some people have walked away because of children. You know, where do you sit, sit on that, Drew? And, and that's probably a stupid question, but do you feel what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, having uh, children isn't always a compliment to your fight game. You know, I think a change is going to happen, you know, as soon as I hold her in my arms. I don't know in what direction that change is. Um, but um, Oh, so, so, just... so she's not actually born yet. Forgive me. Sorry, I, I had no, no idea. No. no, it's our due date is June. That's why I'm pushing oh, wow. for this uh, another paycheck before the baby right. comes out. <laughs> You know, Harrington, our producer's having a kid, I think, maybe yeah. in June as well. I mean, I don't have the, the bags under my eyes yet, so we can safe to assume that it hasn't arrived. Yeah, you you will. You will. You know, they having a, having a baby turned me into a pussy for a little while. I mean, it I'm really, assuming that could happen. Wild? I mean, I'm, I'm already <laughs> kind of a pussy, though. Well, it, it, it made me soft. I was a little bit so- – I had I struggled with that for a little bit. Like, after the first kid, it, it it's tough to – Especially when you like now it's different because I travel for my training camp. So when I'm really in the shit and I'm really grinding, I'm in Denver and I'm kind of being a, uh, you know, I'm like a samurai by myself. But when I'm when I'm home, when I was doing the camps here at home, it was tough to like come home, hold this baby, feed this thing, change a diaper, like be so loving and then have to turn it on and go to practice and like train to be a killer and then turn it back off. So like I had to develop a switch and I had to figure out how to turn it on and off. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need to find it too hard. I mean, if you know me, you know that uh, cage fighting is the only, really the only thing that makes me masculine. Outside of that, I'm a huge pussy. Like, nah. yeah. So uh, I only got to be tough three days out of the year, uh, and it's on a Saturday typically. Um, man, outside of that, uh, yeah, I just kind of seeing, you know, what changes are, are going to come. You know, in, in this fight game, you know, I've always wanted to be a superhero. And I've always kind of like, this is how I want to fight and how to like act and how to talk. I want to be this superhero, you know, but now since I'm going to have a daughter, now I got to be the superhero. And I, and I think that's just going to be a little extra added motivation. You know, it's funny that you say cage fighting is the only macho thing about you, you know, because on Twitter, I put a little tweet out. You might have saw some of the questions. Someone was like, ask him what kind of hair product he used because he's got just perfect hair. Uh, I saw you at the Apex. You were a stylish guy. You were dressed very nicely. I like that trench coat you were wearing and you're very well put out. Um, you're from Omaha, Nebraska, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, from Omaha, because I always tease Anthony and say mm-hmm. I get his where he's from wrong. I always say he's from Omaha, and he gets a little bit annoyed. But what was it like <laughs> for you growing up in Omaha, Nebraska? Tell us about Drew Dober before we saw him in the UFC. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's unique. I think people assume that, you know, if you're from Nebraska, you're part of the cornfields. But, uh, man, I, I grew up in, like, Section 8 housing, single mother, um, you know, not the not the uh, most financially stable household. So I had to be the man of the house really early. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of how I grew up. Uh, my mom's best, my best friend, huge mother's boy. Uh, I couldn't run, jump, or catch a ball, so thank God I found out I could take a punch. I uh, found martial arts at like 13 and, and fell in love and just got neck deep in it. And then, uh, yeah, I found this empty bar that Anthony was already at and we decided to, to fight in a cage <laughs> like every weekend. Yeah. And uh, man, my, my love for the sport grew then and it, and it keeps growing every day. Um, You know, I, I think we've talked about this this recently, but it is so crazy to me that you know, like the, the path to guys coming up now was much different. Obviously you see guys in the contender series, there's the ultimate fighter route. There's the, you know, I remember you and I fighting on cards on the regional scene, like for, I don't know, seven bucks and a hot dog, just hoping to, to make it to the UFC. Um, do you ever give yourself an opportunity to kind of sit back and reflect, or are you too afraid that you're going to lose sight on what's ahead of you? No, no. Gratitude is is one of the biggest things that keep me motivated. I mean, we we had to sit back, my family and I, uh, at the end of 2022. You know, uh, we were 16 years old, 17 years old, just fighting in empty bars, trying mm-hmm. to see, you know, just just you know, making recess into a career, you know, but now uh, 2022 uh, sitting three and zero with three knockouts back in the rankings in the UFC. You know, with the potential of, of fighting, you know, the baddest man on the planet. And, uh, man, it's so surreal. I'm so grateful and blessed. And, yeah, definitely had to take a moment, take a deep breath, and and enjoy where I'm at. Oh, listen, yeah, and rightly so. I mean, you're having a tremendous career, and it's crazy, as you say. Life wasn't easy for you growing up, you know, but look at where you're at now. You know, you've got a tremendous opportunity, potentially fighting one of the big, big names in the sport next. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that there. It just shows where life can take you if you're willing to work hard. But I think it's about you got to figure out what your – talent is first you know what i mean you can't just work your ass off and work hard and expect things to happen if you don't have any direction you know so what age were you when you kind of figured out that i know you said before you realized you could take a punch and you started doing martial arts at 13 years old but at what stage did you think hold on a minute i've got something here and i'm going to put all my efforts into becoming a professional fighter yeah, I, I think uh, it wasn't so much like my biggest worry or concern growing up was if I had that it factor because I had the passion and I love I had the love for the sport, had the love for training. And like I'm like I opened up every time I stepped foot in that cage and I really enjoyed it. And like, I man, it would be so unfortunate. if I had so much love, but I lacked the talent, you know. So it was more so I just I just ignored if I had it or not. And I just kept pursuing and my record shows it. Right. You know, I. And my career hasn't been perfect, but uh, the love has always been there. And it wasn't until like my late 20s that I, I kind of found um, what made me great. And, uh, you know, I stopped simulating other fighters and I focused on what made me great. And I just kind of went headfirst into I just got to be me and be loud about it. Mike, you know, back when uh, like in my late teens. Well, I, how old are you now, Drew? 34. I just looked it up on Wikipedia because I'm like, in my 30s, in my 30s, because you look about 21. Always. 
I've always looked <laughs> 10 years younger, which was great and now, but when I was 25, I couldn't find a date. <laughs> yeah, did you get ID'd in, in bars and pubs all the time? I still got ID'd. I, I, can grow, I can't grow any facial hair. That is so funny. Um, anyways, Mike, when we were, like, when I had my first fight, my very first amateur fight, I drove from a small town, Nebraska City, where I grew up at, drove all the way to Omaha with a buddy. We were booze cruising. We were going to watch some amateur mixed martial arts. wasn't sanctioned in the state. It was, to this day, I still love that guy. I still talk to Tim Bazer every once in a while. Uh, all you had to do was show up and sign up. There was no matchups. They just they just matched you up as close as they could and wait. And What year record. is this? Oh six, end of 06. 06. So yeah. Drew and I would have been 17. And yeah. I sat in the you crowd. Up. I just sat in the yeah. crowd and watched. And they were they just needed someone because the, the numbers were off. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot from the crowd. And Drew was already fighting. Like he was already, he was already going. And that same work ethic, that same I used to want to be Drew Dober so bad when I was coming up. Really? Because he was already good then. I, I didn't know shit about fighting. I just was like, I'm going to try this shit. But Drew was already, probably at that point, already a national champion Muay Thai guy. Probably, I would guess at that point. Um, he was already a, fa- a fantastic striker. He was already like at this really nice gym. And he, he was already good. He was, one, he was like the best guy around. Like everybody wanted to be Drew Dober back then. It was like, it's, it wasn't about like, when did he find that path? It was, it was fucking crazy how good he was when we were that young. Go on, go on, lad. <laughs> <laughs> just get the guns out real quick. Well, I mean, after Anthony was just flirting with me, I had to like give a little bit, but um, I gotta be honest, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, I wish you guys could have seen how good he was compared to everyone else back in 06. Well, I, I just think it was great because, uh, you know, like fighting in the cage, like I was watching Anthony Smith and all these guys that were like fighting every weekend. I mean, I loved training. I loved performing martial arts, but fighting in the cage scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And I was looking at Anthony. I was like, man, he looks so calm and collected. Like this is his home. You know? know what I was like, I, like, I was scared shitless and stuff in the cage when I was that young. So I was like, man, I want to be as cool as Anthony, you know, like I'm shitting bricks every single time but uh man we got we had to get over that all right guys we're going to take a quick break let's talk about a sponsor for this show new company we're partnering with is innovative extracts they're giving exclusive discounts to our listeners you can receive 40 percent off your first order by heading to their website www.ie-cbd.com and using the promo code mma at checkout innovative extracts is a veteran-owned CBD company located in Pennsylvania that offers a full lineup of CBD and THC products. They have their own farm where they use organic practices to grow the hemp. They have a lab on-site to process the hemp into high-quality CBD oil. They partner with GMP-certified facilities and use third-party labs to ensure all of their products maintain the highest quality. It's the best value on the market, highest-quality CBD at the most competitive price. We're all interested in relieving stress, aches and pains, and improving sleep. These guys have some good products that can help. Their products can help improve sleep, improve your mood, reduce anxiety, and give you relief from pain and inflammation. They have a wide variety of products to suit your taste. Tinctures, gummies, creams, vapes. Looking for something to take the edge off and give you a little buzz? Innovative Extracts has a full line of Delta 8, 9, and 10 THC products that are legal and don't require any medical card. These are available to ship to most states. We highly recommend that you try these guys out. Visit their website, www.ie-cbd.com to get 40% off today by using promo code MMA at checkout. And now back to the show. I've got one question. 
yeah. you two know each other very well. You yeah, go yeah. back a long yeah. way. Why yeah. the fuck am I messaging Drew Dober on Instagram you, 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 to you get posted. him on here? Why yeah, I could have just texted him. Pop round his house and knock on his door and say, hey, buddy, my old best friend in the world, fancy jumping on the podcast. I've got to lower myself to reaching out and say, please come on my podcast. Is your buddy, Anthony? What's going on? All, all you had to do was you didn't tell me, like, hey, I'm looking at getting Drew Dober on the podcast. You just said, oh, hey, we have Drew Dober today. I was like, hell yeah, I love talking to Drew. So if you would, I, I didn't know you were reaching Anthony, out. Please, I didn't know for you crying were out loud. Out. I mean, I was quite flattered that Michael Bisbee like slid in my DMs, so oh, I wouldn't have any other way. Yeah, I, I did it for Drew. Slide into your DMs, I slithered. <laughs> um, so, so if it's if it's not Paddy, whoever it else is, is that date May sixth? Is that what it's looking like? I mean, that'd be a fun date, you know, pay-per-view, a uh, big event, tons of crowds. I think the amount of risks I take in, in the octagon, the crowd deserves to be there. Uh, the apex is fun in the moment, but man, I, I love the crowd. But uh, yeah. uh, I'm at a point right now, I'm just one another man stand in front of me inside of a cage. And so the location and date, it's up to him, whatever he wants, I'm, I'm able to go. Um, I think RDA wanted to fight me at 170. Uh, you know, I was trying to get Jalen Turner, but he was focused on the March 4th event. Uh, We're still looking at Renato Miocano. I don't know what he's doing. And uh, if Patty keeps on talking, I'm, I'm down to, to exchange with him as well. So it, it, know, to me, it doesn't matter the who, when, and where. I just want to show up. We've got Jalen joining us in, a, in, in I don't know, minutes, after you anyway, he's joining minutes. us. So you've been calling out Jalen as well. That's a fight you'd fancy down the line? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a, a unique individual with unique problems at the lightweight division. Six foot three. And I place he got that number 10 in front of his name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very intriguing for me. Um, but he had his soul set on that March 4th event. And so now he's fighting Gamera. Well, March 4th, next weekend, I mean, it is a hell of a fight card, isn't it? John George yeah. is coming back. We've been talking about it. The whole world's talking about it. What do you think? Cyril Garn, John Jones, what's your opinion on that? I mean, I think John Jones can do what Nganu did to Gan, uh, just uh, slightly better. I'm very curious on how he moves at, as a heavyweight. Um, but other than that, I got John Jones winning that. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to bring up a sore subject here, Drew. And, and I would guess, you know, you're pretty pretty level-headed guy i'm sure you're past it but you know obviously you were in there with islam and you know you you've kind of felt what the top of that division is like it, who do you see in the division well first of all what was your experience with kind of the what he felt like in in, in the octagon and, and the problems he presented and then what did you think of his fight with volkanovsky and kind of with the things that he has coming up coming up behind him in that division uh, I think I think Islam's very technically talented. I think uh, uh, what I felt in the cage wasn't so much just sheer strength, but more so the knowledge of like where he needs to be at every moment. Right? I felt like I was stuck to a hallway and all the doors were locked. Like there was nothing I can do or get out. And like he doesn't make any mistakes. And then I think the frustrating part was he chose not to make mistakes. He chose he chooses not to take risks. He wins rounds. Mm. He wins decisions. And to me, it's not the most exciting way to fight, you know, but um, I had Islam winning that fight. However, Volk caught everyone by surprise by how well he yeah. did. And so I left that fight with a notepad thinking about all the things that Volk kind of displayed in that fight. And that's what the lightweight division needs to do now against, uh, you know, the champion of Islam. 
That is a tremendous saying, what you just said. What was it? It felt like you were in a hallway with all the doors were locked and you had no way out. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. hear that on commentary in the yeah. next couple of weeks. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to hear, hear that next weekend, I promise. Oh, I'm telling you. Because I'm, I'm that using one. it. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a good one. Is that something you fancy doing down the line? Some uh, A little bit of analyst work on TV and stuff? Because you, you're very well presented, very, very well spoken, clearly a smart guy. Is that something you'd like to try? Oh, I'd love to. Talking shop, man. Like I said, martial arts yeah. and fighting is like my passion. So if I can't get punched in the face, then might as well talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that, Anthony. Um, well, I, I was gonna talk about the Jalen thing, but I, I don't know. It's it didn't really go anywhere. Was that was it just stuck on the date? Or yeah, yeah. You know, it was, it was kind of frustrating because you know Jalen and I were going like back was, and forth. He, he was responding. Yeah, like, yeah. He like was, was very adamant somewhere. about fighting that March fourth, and uh, he was. I mean, he was trying to coax me into taking it. Another eight minutes. He's gonna be here. Yeah, <laughs> you can go ahead and tell him we were talking about him. And, yeah. uh, you know, I wish him luck, you know, in a week and a half because uh, I would love the winner of that fight. Would you have taken but, uh, a, a Mateus Gamrot fight on a week's notice? On short even notice. If, yeah, even if you were in shape. Would you take that fight on short notice? That seems like a tough fight with yeah. a first hand. So it was difficult. My hands were all banged up after the Bobby Green fight. I couldn't start sparring until February. Right. So it gives me like three, four weeks of contact training. And I'm like, hey, Jalen, like March 4th doesn't work for me. Like if, if you want to do it, I'll do it in April for sure, 100%. But he was really adamant about keeping that date, which well, no, you know, I don't blame him. If you were him, or even if you're in that same position, because I got a lot, I really like Mateus Gamera. I love his style. He's He's just, he's good. He's really good, but it doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that you accept as an opponent on short notice. Do you think he's crazy for doing that? Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm it's gonna impressive. Ask, I'm gonna ask. Yeah, him. I think it's, I'm it's very him. impressive. Gamera has a way of winning fights without even throwing a punch, and that's a problem in three weeks. I, I'm yeah. very intrigued, but I mean, I hope the best for Jalen because I got my money on Gamera. Yeah, McGammon's all about those outside, head outside single legs, time after time after time. That's what he does every single time. And Jalen's got very, very long legs. So that's a lot of stuff to grab hold of. However, head on the outside, as you both know, there's a risk of the guillotine there. And with those long arms that he has and being skinny, because you can't be six foot three at lightweight without being skinny, that is not an insult. That accentuates those chokes. You know what I mean? So I'm sure he's thought about that. Anyway, anyway, enough about that. Let me ask you, in your division, the lightweight division, Benil Dariush, he's been matched up against Charles Oliveira. How do you see that one going down? And do you think the winner of that will be the next one to fight for the belt? Uh, yes, I think the winner of that fight should fight for the belt. Um, I don't like the the stalling for the super fights and the money fights. I think we should find the the best 55er in the world. And I think it's Benil Darush. I think Benil's going to take that fight. Uh, I think he's going to he's going to surprise everyone the way he's going to perform. And uh, man, the fight I want to see is Islam versus Benil because I think Benil's going to give Islam the biggest problems. You know, you see those guys kind of at the top of your division. It- it's kind of the same group of guys. It's Oliveira, Benil's always right there, Islam, Poirier, Gaethje, you know, and this kind of just rinse, wash, and repeat, right? They just all kind of keep moving around. What's it going to take for a, a guy like you or Gamrod or Sarukian or, or Jalen? Like, it does seem like they're kind of holding the – like they those, those guys in the top five kind of pulled the ladder up, and they're really not letting anybody else in. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it going to I think the it? top 10 in the lightweight division are the murderer's row. I think they're all a bunch of killers. And uh, you got to be a killer to hang with the mix. And, uh, man, winning winning fights by points is not going to impress the lightweight division. So for me to get in the mix of the Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Connor fight, I need to keep on slinging left hands and putting people to sleep because uh, that's what people want to see and that's how I'm going to earn my shot. And, and, like, I would love to be a part of that mix. Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Connor. Like, I would want to fight all three of them one weekend. Let's do it. There's one name that you never mentioned, Darren. It's not by design, just someone that you just forgot to mention. And this would be an incredible matchup. I would love to see you step in there with Justin Gagey. You ever thought about that one? But that happens every Tuesday and Thursday at Team Elevation. Oh, you spar with each other? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Oh, shit, my bad. No, no, it's all because people will love talking about it too because we have the same temperament, personality, and like the way we fight. But we do it every Tuesday and uh, Friday. And uh, man, during the pandemic, we thought about just doing some Instagram live sparring sessions to make some money. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, but man, one of us has to hold the gold for us to fight yeah, each other. Yeah. Oh, no, no, for sure. If you're training for so, uh, 100%, totally who, get that. Let me who ask gets you the better of those what? rounds. Who well, gets the better I wasn't going to say that. That's oh, been ridiculous. Because I know he's not going to answer it. Right? It's sparring, right? But Ga- Gaethje hits fucking hard. He does. <laughs> you know, like, what's it like being kicked by that guy? Uh, kicked? Yeah. So surprising enough, he doesn't kick as much as he does in fights. But he does hit me with these these hooks that come out of nowhere. And so I understand how Barboza feels. Like, but man. Does he shoot he... takedowns? Does he use his wrestling in the gym? Because in the yeah. fights, he never does. And it, it frustrates everybody. Dude, the, man, the funniest thing about Geishi is, man, he's just the embodiment of a gamer. Like, if you watch him spar, you're going to be disappointed. Like, he loses majority of the rounds. Like, he, just, <laughs> he doesn't look like a killer in the gym. And, uh, man, he, he just he's always working on something. Him and Trevor have, like, this this mix where, like, they're constantly working on small things. So you don't know what Geishi's coming in with sparring with. And then he fights, and it's just, like, a completely different person. See, that's really interesting because it's really hard to do that because when you're sparring, your ego makes you want to win the sparring rounds. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like you're talking about there, Trevor and Justin, sometimes it's like, okay, in this sparring matchup, I want you to focus on this. I want you to only get single leg takedowns. I want you to uh, use your left hand only or, or whatever it is. But it's hard to stick to that because even though it's only a goddamn sparring session and there's nothing on the line and there's no money, the ego takes over and you throw that out the window. So that's that's really, really impressive. Uh, yeah. We'll let you go on. Oh, I was just saying I was going to agree with you, man. I think yeah. as a fighter, you got to admit to yourself that you're just going to get your ass kicked Monday through Friday to occasionally kick someone else on a Saturday. Yeah, so yeah. when you're in training, like we're here to fail. Well, we're we're, uh, we're going to let you go because Jalen's jumping on in just a second and he'll probably think that this was some kind of ambush. But yeah, well, uh, Drew, I said talking to you. I w- we would love to have you on again, seeing as you and Auntie are bros. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea. Uh, I'll let you guys just talk amongst yourselves and just, just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew. Well, it was good. Uh, it's good talk. Yeah, you're, Mike's right, man. You're going to you're gonna have to come back on and come hang out. We'll have to like break down a, a, one of those fights in the lightweight division or something. Like yeah, any, anytime you guys want. I mean, this is what I love to do. And so you guys give me the opportunity. Anytime, anytime. When your fight gets announced, regardless of who it is, we'd love to have you back on. And yeah, you're always welcome on here, Drew. Lovely to talk to you. Really nice to get to know you a little bit better. All the best with everything. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, guys. Enjoy Take yourself. Care, Take it easy, buddy. Mm. I had no idea you guys were like, you know, known each other a very long time. 
Well, I was gonna like when we were in the group chat, I was gonna say, "Oh my God, I love Drew. I, 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 I'm super excited about that." But then I didn't want to sound like, "Oh yeah, of course he knows him. That's his buddy." I didn't. Uh, want to sound like yeah. A, I didn't want to sound like a douchebag, you know. So you never sound like a douchebag, Anthony. Uh, what a lovely guy. He's awesome. As I said there, really enjoy talking to him. I've never, I mean, I've said hi, just always the polite, cordial. Hey, what's up, Drew? How you doing, buddy? Good looking. You fire passing him in the apex, stuff like that. Never had a conversation. Smart guy. Very, very smart yeah. guy. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's a good. I'm telling you, man, he was, he, and he still is. It's just because he lives in Denver now. He's not in the, in Omaha. He, he was the, he was the fucking guy. He, he was, was he really? I mean, he was getting like undercard strike force opportunities as an amateur because he was so good they were bringing in amateurs for him to fight in strike force this is like 2007 like i mean he was he was good man he was killing people back in the day so you still is old school buddies back in omaha nebraska i mean we never really really hung out we never really hung out it was just we were we fought every weekend so i guess we hung out every single weekend um he was but he was one of like i was still kind of partying and i was like you know, hanging out all the time. And I was like living my best life. And he was, even back then he was super focused training twice a day, turned on. Like he was, he was as dedicated as he is now. He was more dedicated when we were younger. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Who else was on that scene? Cause like when I was on the regional scene, if you will, I mean, it was cage warriors. There was myself, Dan Hardy, Ross pointing bunch of other Martin Campman, bunch of other people. Was there anyone else notable that we'd know? that maybe had a career in the UFC that was fighting around that time? Yeah. Um, you know, Jake and Jake and Joe Ellenberger were both on the regional scene back mm. then. Um, you know, I, I was, I was on the same card when Jake Ellenberger had his last fight before he got in the UFC. Um, and he UFC was a monster. UFC 3, uh, 2006. Really? That's when he knocked that? out. Who did he knock out? Was it Jens Pulver? No, his UFC debut, he lost. Jake, he lost his debut to Carlos Condit. Or oh, Ellenberger. Do you know what? For some reason, I was you thinking Joe Lozon. Joe Lozon. No, and yeah. uh, what's his brother called? Um, There's two of them. Dan. Yeah, I was way, Dan. Way, way, I was way off the mark. But yeah. they both fought in the UFC. Why was I thinking that? Yeah, Jake Ellenberger. What's his brother called? Joe. He only had, I think Joe, Joe only yeah. had a couple fights. but That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But Jake, yeah, Jake's debut was on a couple days' notice versus Carlos Condit. And it was an incredible fight. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was a sick fight. Yeah. It was awesome. It was and like no one knew who he was at the time. Um, but yeah. He was a yeah. killer back in the day. Because w- w- one of my friends, Lunchbox, we called him. I met him through uh, a training camp I did with Rampage in Big Bear 2006. And uh, when I fought, I think it was Dennis Kang in uh, Manchester, UFC 105. We're trying to get training partners. And he mentioned this guy, Jake Ellenberger. And I, I, I didn't know about him, but he said, trust me, you want to see his fight with Carlos Condit. So we watched it. Oh my God, what an absolute war. So we flew him out and he came and stayed at my house. Lovely guy. I mean, Jake's just the absolute man. And what a career, great fighter he was as well. But uh, yeah, Drew Dober, thank you very, very much. Who else you got there, Anthony, in your little roller decks? that you're not telling us about come well, on bro I, I, I don't know i i just get I, them on well I, i'm just still i don't know sometimes mike i'm worried that i'm gonna be like hey we got so and so on the show and you'll be like i don't want to fucking talk to that guy <laughs> no well it's communicate this communication with the group chat say what about such and such we'll say yeah cool or i'll say uh, like, no no nah, nah, fuck that guy 
He can do I do, I do need to do a better job of reaching out to my friends. <laughs> please do, please do. do. Uh, while we wait for Jalen, what should we talk about here? What should, oh, you um, have the notes. You have the notes up in front of you? Uh, yeah. Have you, have, have you evolved into a full proper podcaster whilst well, I went away? Well back, well, back when I was doing this by myself, um, back in the day, yeah. you know. Well, I did it a lot by myself, you know. I know. I do. It's hard. It's really, it's really hard. Exactly. Um, I was I mean, looking, Ser- I oh, Sergei Pavlovich, Curtis Blades. I mean, that's going to be a sick fight. Yeah, that's bad. What do you think of that? Do you think Curtis gets an easy takedown or do you think that bear of a, more than, more bear than of a man, Sergei? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm a, I love Sergey Pavlovich, the way that he fights. I mean, how could you not be? What is it? I think it's five first round knockouts in a row. But the one loss on his record was Alistair Overeem caught a kick, kind of put him on his back and then yeah. I think just pounding him out. Silly, I think it was. And that, that showed to me a lack of understanding of the grappling, not just an ability, a lack of the understanding. Curtis Blaze, as we know, we know what he's going to do. You know, and you'd be a mm-hmm. fool to stand with Sergey Pavlovich, especially when you're a wrestler like Curtis Blade. So it's a tough test, definitely for Sergey Pavlovich, but he's ranked number three. If he can get through Curtis Blades, 100%, I would say whoever wins, Curtis, uh, sorry, John Jones or Cyril Garn, Curtis Blades would have to be next. I mean, yeah, you would think so. You would think so. It, I, I would suspect that Curtis Blades wins. I, I don't know though because he's such a and this isn't me knocking on Curtis. It, it's that he is very predictable. If you're a better striker than him, he is absolutely going to be a better wrestler. Oh yeah, and that's kind of what he ran into with the uh, Derek Lewis. Know, with Derek Lewis and it, like Derek knew he had to shoot. He doesn't have a choice. He has to. And and I think you kind of run into that again. It's kind of one of those trap fights where you he's probably more technical than Sergey. He's probably a better wrestler. I mean, he's absolutely a better wrestler. He's a better grappler. But it's like. He has to shoot because he, there's no reason not to. That's the the point of that's the path of least resistance, I suppose. Yeah, so I'm just texting uh, Brian. Jalen just texted me. Said he didn't get the link. Oh man, uh, yeah, that's weird. I definitely sent it to him. Give me one second. Yeah, no, he says he hasn't got it, but he's hanging. He's waiting. Uh, no, I was listening to what you're saying, but Jalen was like, "Yeah, uh, one second, Jalen. He's." resending uh one i put me second because i'm rushing yeah you know as you say a little predictable because he is going to do that you ain't going to stand you're not going to stand with sergey pavlovich when you're a wrestler it's just not smart no you know just not smart all right today's episode is sponsored by better help BetterHelp offers professional counseling done securely online. So if you feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, definitely check out BetterHelp. Look, listen, everyone's dealing with something right now. You know, we've all got things going on in the back of our mind, that internal dialogue, you know. I was seeing uh, anger management for a while and it really, really helped me. But if you're dealing with personal loss, some anxiety, some, some kind of issue in your life, it definitely helps to speak about it. But whatever you're dealing with, BetterHelp has a wide range of counselors available for you. Plus, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling. Financial aid is also available, and it's easy to get started. Once you sign up, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can communicate with in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line, by the way. It is not self-help. 
It is professional counseling done securely online. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matchups. So it is easy and free to switch counselors if you need. Plus, you can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so it's the perfect way to do therapy during the pandemic, and you won't have to go back to sitting in uncomfortable waiting rooms in the future. So go to betterhelp.com, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash believe to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge over their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. New testimonials are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Betterhelp.com forward slash believe. That is better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash believe to get 10% off your first month you know what else isn't smart while we wait for this do you care about jake paul (laughs) no no i don't care about jake paul i'm interested in 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 what happens i'm interested in if he's i feel like he's been fighting people that maybe aren't at his level the older guys and faking like uh uh-oh well this is a perfect guy to ask right here that is the perfect guy to ask jalen the tarantula Turner, that's a very <laughs> important uh, Bruce Buff. What is going on, Jalen? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Chilling. Chilling. Have you met Anthony Smith? Do you know Anthony? Uh, I think I ran into you a couple of times. Eh? Yeah, I think yeah. we ran into each other at Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen, Jalen, you are taking over this sport, man. You're doing big things. You've come a long way. Since that young kid that I met, what was that, 2016? I mean, that's mental that it's seven seven years ago, bro. Wow. Yeah. You've come a long way, man. You've done incredible things. I'm proud of you. Uh, for those people that don't know, you used – Anderson Silva was your hero, and you used to you – you didn't have a bag, but you put an old couch, and you would stand it up, and you would watch videos of Anderson, right, and just try and replicate his combinations and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, back in the day. That was before I even started training in the gym. Yeah, yeah. And is that, then okay, I is that where down. the nickname came from? Uh, yeah, I, kind of, I, I own Tarantulas too, so I kind of hinted at my own name at the gym. Well, you do own a lot of weird Tarantulas. But was that a thing? Was that because of, he was the spider and you thought the spider's taken, but I'll do Tarantula? Or would you have just done Tarantula anyway? Um, I would have did Tarantula anyway, but... But I, I did like think of it like as like kind of like a homage to like you know Anderson Silva because yeah. he was a spider. He's the legend. He's the man. Uh, five fight win streak now, Jalen. All stoppages. All stoppages, mate. You got to be pretty happy with the way things are going. Yeah, man. You know, I just got you know got it on track. You know, I keep winning. All my finishes are uh, all my wins are finishes anyway. So, you know, the UFC is noticing and the world's noticing. I just keep finishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, bro, I'm just going to come out and say it. When I seen that you took the fight with Mateus Gamrot on short notice, it was like one of the biggest G moves I've ever, uh, that I've seen in the lightweight division in a long time. Nobody wants to fight that guy at all. Like, no one wants to fight Gamrot. No one wants to fight you. No one wants to fight uh, Sarukian. You know, you can go on and on and on about the, the young talent in the division. Like, we had Drew Dober on, you know, 10 minutes ago. And I asked him the same thing. Like, you think Jalen's fucking crazy for taking a guy like Gamrod on and just a, a few days notice? And he was like, yeah, that's crazy. 
Uh, <laughs> but you didn't. You don't seem to be too too worried about it. Like you're not too shook up. You're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go fight this this guy. Look, it, I think I've made a career off of fighting whoever. You know, so it it don't phase me. Whoever they want to throw against me, like I'll fight whoever. And I honestly didn't think that was gonna find me a replacement. I was like, man. They might not get nobody new, but since he stepped up, I said, yeah, because I could have waited. I could have sat back, waited for Drew, you know, because Drew had called me out. So I was like, yo, what's up? Like, you want to fight? He didn't want to fight. He needed, he wanted to fight in April. So I'm like, you know what? Mateo stepped up. Let's get it. Yeah, listen, you know, with great risk comes great reward. I mean, what is he, ranked number seven, I think? Yeah. You know, you're number 10, so you jump up in the rankings. Of course, he's a guy that a lot of people have great respect for. I mean, he lost to Benia, but prior to that, you know, the guy was kind of tearing things up big time. So a lot to gain, you know. Uh, obviously, he's a wrestler, right? He comes out there and he loves that single leg. Loves that single leg. Let me ask you this, and I don't want to give away your game plan, but it's pretty goddamn obvious. How many times have you drilled a guillotine for when somebody shoots in with the head on the outside? Um, a, a pretty significant amount, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn you, Bisbee, shut the fuck up. Yeah, man. We'll we'll see how it goes. Honestly, I think I'm gonna stop him before he even gets to the legs. So that's what I was that was that was gonna be my next question. Like you do such a good job of managing range and keeping people, you know, at your distance where like, you know, you can touch them, but they can't get to you. Do you, is that kind of how you suspect this is going to go? Like, are you going to just eliminate the wrestling? Like, you got to be at a certain range to get that close anyways. Yeah. And like from like his previous fights, I see he kind of shoots from a, from a far distance anyway. So I figure like, I figure he doesn't uh, gauge distance really well with the, on the feet and his, his takedown entrances are, are pretty, uh, he either explodes into him or he throws just a, a, like a single punch into him. So, you know, I'm going to read that a mile away. Mm. Obviously, you and Benil have got very different styles. On the feet, I've always said you're incredible, you know, and you really are, Jalen. You are so talented. But when Mataj, Mateus, it's Mataj. Everyone's calling him Mateus, but I, I work for the UFC. I get told to say Mataj. Um, when he lost to Benil Dariush and the way that he lost... Was there anything that you saw or anything you could take away in the way that Benil fought him that you think, okay, I'm going to try and implement that in my game? Oh, everything. Uh, I think Benil did a great um, a great job of exposing his lack of MMA grappling and wrestling. And also Benil is just a decorated grappler himself. But, you know, he was able to nullify his takedowns after a while. Um, he, he had a, a nice sharp left knee. And he just stung him with punches with a basic one-two jab. And then keep, then let him uh, get too close for too long. And then uh, Garam had a good uh, fight against him too. Garam blasted mm. him with big leg kicks, uh, uh, big head kicks, kept him uncomfortable. Um, got to some scramble exchanges on the ground. But one thing I noticed is uh, every time uh, Gamrot fights someone, they end up standing up. Unless he submits them, they they can get back to their feet. So. Um, if I get back to my feet, I'm gonna keep getting back to my feet, and it's gonna be a long night or a short night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How tall are you, Jalen? Six three. Six three. Is it a tough cut for you to get to fifty five? Uh, no, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It, go ahead, Mike. No, 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 no. So I was just gonna rudely interrupt. You, what did you say to me on the phone before? You like one seventy eight? Seventy three. Well, sorry, he said 173. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, you do 18 pounds? 173. No. So what's that? That is t 18 pounds? Yeah. 
18 pounds. I mean, or 17 if to one, 156. Is that, is it, I mean, obviously we, nobody likes it, but is it pretty smooth for you? Or do you feel like that that is a bit much? Nah, it's smooth. Honestly, I'll probably, probably go into fight week maybe like 167. And then. Uh, oh, start. well, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah. After I get under like, because I'm walking around at 73 right now. Like, I'm not like doing anything drastic to stay at 73. Mm. I've been at 73 the last few days, you know? So it's just, yeah. I'm just maintaining. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think that as you get older, you're going to end up having to go up and maybe change your style? Like, okay. My, in a roundabout way, I'm asking, is it, there's obviously advantages to being 6'3 at 155 pounds, but what are the yeah. kind of disadvantages that you run into that maybe you wouldn't have to deal with at another, at a higher weight class? Um, I think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages so much more. Right. Um, the only thing I would have I to worry about is, is dealing with a grappler that's going to grapple me and have like that 10 pounds on me for five rounds. That's the only reason why I don't fight at a heavy weight, you know, like, I train with heavy guys all the time. Like I train with Mike, you know, like yeah. um, that's, it's just a grappling for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I, and I'm assuming you've your entire career because on the fit you are, you are so special. And I was telling the UFC ever since you signed, I think it was a short notice fight against Luke, right? That was your first fight. Short yeah. notice stepped up a weight class. Didn't get the job done, but that was understandable. But, but you know, you've, you've been phenomenal. Is that something, you know, defending takedowns, being able to keep the fight on the feet? I mean, has that essentially been the story of your career? My whole fucking life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just keeping it off the keep it off the ground. But the thing is, like, I've been working on it for so long. I've working on it so much more. Like I put more emphasis on, you know, being comfortable on the ground, getting up from certain positions, scrambling, wrestling. So, you know, it's it's just it's always been my thing, and you know I'm a brown belt in jujitsu, so I'm I'm comfortable with submission, so I'm not really worried about grappling too much anymore. Nah. What's what you, about what's the live? You... Oh, Sorry, I didn't go on. No, you're good. No, go ahead. You're good. Go. No, I was just gonna say, <laughs> what about the lightweight division? I mean, you're number ten now. I mean, this this division is just ridiculous. I mean, stacked doesn't even begin to describe it, does it? You know what I mean? Lightweight is mental. You just mentioned Guru. What's, what's Gurum even right? Kuta Deladze. It's it's higher than you, right, I believe. And he's... Nah. Oh, is he lower? Nah. Is he lower? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the rankings of... <laughs> no, I'm not messing with you. No, no, no. But I, I thought he was like 15 or something. Drew Dober was just on. You've got Armin Saruki, and you've obviously got the champ. You've got Chandler. You've got McGregor. You've got Justin Gagey. You know what I mean? You've got all the biggest names, all the biggest stars. From 1 to 15, he's absolutely goddamn stacked. Does that excite you though because you know obviously you're working towards being a champion everybody is and you have champion capabilities it's not a it's not a wild goose chase you know what i mean it's not someone that's out of their mind saying i'm going to be a champ one day you could legit be a champ one day does the fact that it is so stacked you know excite you more because when i fucking do it i did it in the toughest division yeah yeah it really does yeah I get more excited about the challenge to fight these guys and figure out ways to beat them, you know? Like, like, uh, Gamrot's gonna be a, you know, just a grappling test. It's just gonna test my accolade of how much I've 
worked on my grappling. And then if I fight for Z, it's going to be like a test of my striking. Like it, everybody's a test from this point on. And uh, I can't wait to see like how it all unfolds. And I definitely feel like I'm going to be a champion in this division. And within the next, you know, couple of years, easy. Well, who in the division, like once you, you know, assuming that you go in there, you fight Gamrot, you come out with a win. Who's that one guy? I feel like every fighter has that one guy. They're like, I need to fight that guy. You know, like who's that guy that's, that would essentially be ahead of you that, that really intrigues you? Maybe not necessarily for the popularity or whatever, just the stylistic matchup that you just really want. Honestly, I feel like Gamrat's like the stylistic matchup I want, you know, because everybody's like, uh, after I beat Brad, they're like, oh, fight Gamrat this, fight Gamrat that. Oh, he needs to fight a grappler now. Like, like all right, so... I mean, if, you know, I get this job, then it's like, what else is there? You know, besides besides the champ, you know, that's all I really would worry about as far as the grappling goes. Who was I, it your last win? Who was it? Just remind me. Riddell. Brad. Brad Riddell. Yeah, that was, that was a like, crazy performance. What was it, like 45 seconds? Something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Guillotine, I felt so right? stupid as an analyst. I was like, oh, oh did you man. Say Brad, oh, now no, no, I did. I don't think I don't think I picked Brad, but I think I, I, think, I think I don't I know. Don't, I don't think I did, but I think I did say, man, I'm so excited about this fight. This is going to be fight of the night. These guys are both fantastic strikers. Uh, this, you know, Brad Riddell's really gonna he's gonna push Jalen in the striking. And then afterwards, I was like, all right, well, I'm a fucking idiot. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Just going here, yeah, just yeah. easy yeah. not to work. <laughs> That's been my last five fights, Brett. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> does that motivate you because like you see people writing you off like anthony smith just the pure disrespect coming from this man it's, <laughs> i it's gave him so much love i, I feel like, for you Jaylen. great fight oh god the disrespect it's ridiculous nah, it's, it's all it's all love it's all love you know i just you know how I, good I like flying under the radar course, it's cool it's cool for me you know like i don't mind like still being an underdog, still being overseen, like, it's cool. Like, I, I have no issue with it because it allows me to work and and and, and get overlooked, and then I shock everybody. Mm. Is it – where is it you live? Are you out in Riverside? Yeah, I'm out here in Loma Linda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you had uh, – I mean, we all do. Most fighters come from pretty humble beginnings. You know what I mean? You're on the verge of bloody greatness now. You're on a five-fight win streak. I uh, would assume there was a couple of bonuses thrown in there along the way. Only Life's going to be pretty – Oh, really? Only one? Yeah. My last one was my first one. Oh, well, well we have a word with the big boys, <laughs> right? Have, uh, it has nothing to do with me. The... <laughs> Whenever I commentate, people always go, my bonus, I'm like – I don't make these decisions. If I did, you'd have more. But I, uh, regardless, you got to be pretty happy with the way things are shaking out. You know what I mean? You decided to become a martial artist. You were always inspired by that. Now here you are, number 10, the heaviest division. You're making money, you know? I mean, it must feel good, right? Yeah, it feels good because I remember when I was sparring, you always said, there's money to be made. And I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Jalen was coming down. He was my sparring partner for Anderson Silva and for Luke Rockhold when I won the belt. You know what I mean? And and the looks that he gave me were just absolutely phenomenal. I'll never forget that, Jalen. I really do owe you one for that. I thank you for your time. Um, the Dan Hooker fight, though, I'm kind of devastated, Anthony. You know what right. I'm saying? Why? Well, because fucking Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner, two tall, lanky, kickboxing fucking maniacs going at one another. That all had the makings of a sensational fight. I mean, listen, Mataj Gamrot has much higher implications. But as a stylistic matchup, as a fan, that fight was mental. 
Yeah, I, I thought so too, man. And to be honest though, I said this, I think, I think on here, maybe Monday or no Thursday. Um, I think that the Gamera fight is, is more exciting to me. I, 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 I just like the stylistic matchup and, and I got a lot of love for Dan Hooker. I would never want to disrespect him. I, he's a, you know, we, we always speak very highly of him here, but I, I think that's an easy fight for Jalen. I do, I really do. And uh, I'm more, when the fight changed to Gamrot, I got way more excited about watching, about watching the fight. It, it's just a more competitive and there's a lot, the stakes are higher, at least in, in my opinion. No, oh, without question. Agree. How does that make you feel Jalen? No, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing to add to that one. Yeah, no, no, no. Without doubt, the stakes are way higher, but it just would have been a fun fight. Two kickboxers, two tall guys would have been good. Um, so what we now? A couple of weeks out from the fight, John Jones, main event, yep. the return of him. Obviously, that's I remember when I was coming up being on the same card as like some legends, and they don't get much bigger than John Jones. I mean, I'm assuming for you, that's a little feather in the cap, a tick of a box, right? What yeah. do you think? I mean, did you ever think growing up that you'd be fighting on the prelims of a John Jones card? I mean, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, shoot, I trained with John when I was an amateur too, so it's kind of... Oh, shit, that's right. I remember you went down to Greg Jackson's. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of surreal. You know what I mean? Like, everything, like, I just... It's funny because I was going to write a little post about it the other day, but I was like, I'm going to save it for next week. But, you know, just keep pursuing your dreams and, you know, everything's going to line up and you never know where you end up. What What do you think happens in that main event? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid <laughs> oh, you, question. Hey, hey, I, 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 like, I like Cyril, but, you know, John hey, can get it done. Hey, I'm just going to throw this out there. John Jones might get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Silver I mean, gone, knocked out Derek Lewis, knocked out tied to Avasa, knocked out who else? B turned Francis Ngannou into a wrestler. But I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. Go on. But Francis Ngannou wrestled him, and Francis Ngannou's wrestling is not on John Jones' level. Oh, bro, we know this. We know this. <laughs> We're just trying That's to make it spicy. We're just trying to get those pay-per-views through the goddamn roof. You know what I mean? We're I'm selling shit. Here. We're selling shit here. We're selling Come shit on, here. Come on, man. Come on. I, I feel it. I feel it. All right. All right well, let's... Uh, well, listen, Jalen. Well, I wanted, I wanted to ask him about... Uh, throw your analyst hat on a little bit. It's your division. It's it's crazy at the top. A lot of those guys are moving around. What what was your view on the on the title fight? Uh, on Islam versus Volkanovski? I just, I'm always curious what people in those divisions think about the fights that are going on. Uh, I think it was a good fight. Um, I had a, I, I said Volk would, would do his thing. You know, it was going to be uh, a little bit of a trickier fight for Islam and Volk looked really good. Um, the fight could have went either way for me. I kind of, I kind of favorite Volk because he looks so good, but you know, I haven't watched the fight again. I only watched it once, but like thinking back about it, it's probably because Islam's been so dominant against other people. Why, like, they think Volk got robbed? But I don't know. I gotta, I gotta watch it again. But it could have went either way, in my opinion. But Volk looked yeah. good. I think, I think I haven't watched it again since either. I had Islam, yeah. but it was close. I mean, 
a very, very close three to two. But either way, fantastic fight. Both men should be very proud of themselves. Uh, Jalen, all the best next week, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us your time. Good luck with that weight cut. And when you're the goddamn champion of the world, brother, killing it. Oh, tarantulas. How many tarantulas you got? Um, sure. I only got like, like 10 right now. I'm going to get some more. 10? Did only, you say 10? Only 10. <laughs> only 10. <laughs> no, dude. One of my daughters keeps asking for a tarantula because my wife's brother has two tarantulas. And they go over there and they play with these goddamn freaky ass spiders. <laughs> and they just keep begging me. So my wife's like, well, let's just get him a goddamn tarantula. I'm like, no, I'll burn this fucking house down. I, it's not that I don't like them. They freak me the fuck out. Bro, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. No. Yes, you can. Are you bringing one, one to Vegas with you? No, I'm not. But bring one. He I said mean, no. Get one, get one. I'll bring one if you want me to. If you're gonna, if you I'll, hold it, I'll, I'll let you hold. If it. you bring it off, I'll hold it. All right, bet. We, my my son has a tarantula. From the day we bought it, we put it in his little enclosure. We've never seen it since. We have never uh, seen it. We have a little piece of bark in there. Apparently, my wife feeds it. Apparently, apparently, it eats it. Apparently, it's still there. Apparently, it's alive. But we never, ever see it. They are cool creatures, Jalen. But they are unsociable bastards. <laughs> get a personality. On, it depends on the species. You got to get the right species that you can just let like handle and everything. Right. So I, I recommend pink toes if you want to like hold tarantulas and stuff. Or okay. like... Mexican red knees are cool. Um, it sounds like a killer. It sounds like something <laughs> someone got killed by. Like, oh, you remember old John? He got killed by one of the Mexican red knees. No, that sounds yeah. like something a bloody. It sounds like a, a gas station hooker. <laughs> Mexican red knees. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Jalen, you're the man. I'm proud of seeing where you've come and what you've achieved, man. You've done it all by yourself. You've worked your goddamn ass off. How old are you now? Sure, I'll be 28 this year. 28, 28. So I met you when you were 22. You were super talented and able then. You've improved massively throughout all your hard work. Keep up what you're doing. I love watching your career unfold before our very eyes. And all the best next weekend, mate. Wishing you Thank nothing you, but the best outcome. Appreciate you. We're going to get that hand raised for sure. We're going to get the fucking hand yeah. raised. And we're going to get you back on the show to revel in your glory. Let's Hell get yeah. it. Good luck, my man. man. My man. Yeah. Take it easy, Jalen. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thanks for that. everything. Take care, bro. What a nice guy. What a cool dude. I don't know about them goddamn tarantulas, though. The Mexican uh, red knees, bro. No, no fucking tarantulas over here. They don't nope. do shit. They don't do they, shit. It, except they, for give me a heart attack. Now he makes me feel like a... Now I feel like a pussy. I should, man, maybe I'm going to get my kid a tarantula. I don't know. Get a tarantula. We never see ours. Apart from the... I'm, not holding, no, the- I'm not holding no fucking spider, though. Yeah, but you gotta buy all the stuff. You gotta buy like the uh uh what do we get them? Lucas! You're gonna oh, we're gonna log in on here on, on... my god, he heard that he's yeah. coming down the stairs like these little cockroaches. Lucas! Come here, buddy. He'll tell you it's disgusting. Doobie roaches and Ugh. bloody we we have all kinds of animals. Come here, Lucas, stick this headphone in. We're just talking about tarantulas. This is Anthony Smith. We met, right? Hello. See, have you heard how deep his voice is? He's only 12. <laughs> Hello. Um, what do we feed Silky? Um, crickets. Yeah, and what else? Um, Silky, that's pretty much it. 
Yeah. Look at its bugs. Um, Anthony's scared of getting a tarantula because mm-hmm. his daughter wants one. What would you say to that? Um, they aren't that bad. Are you sure? Well, no, these things are scary. Go and get silky. No, no. Um, he, 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 they don't like to be picked up and stuff. No, see what I mean? These are the crap pets. See, why, why get one I then? like watching him. You wouldn't even watch him. You can't even see him. He watch him do what? What's he do? No, he doesn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you. Go on, Mark. Now you got him mad. <laughs> you didn't even know when my birthday was, so. <laughs> Twice. You messed it up twice. <laughs> At first you said it was April. Then you said it was the 10th of May. <laughs> I hate you, Lucas. I hate you. Oh, my God. So essentially, whatever you say doesn't mean shit. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. you didn't even know when my birthday was. Shut the hell up. Oh, my God. Well, if you can't even say my birthday. Oh, shut up. May 10th. Oh. <laughs> 14th, I think. <laughs> Get out of here. Go on. Go on. Oh, my God. He, we need to bring him on more often. Little bastard. Little bastard. Oh, uh, all right. Hilarious. So, so uh, before we were rudely I'm interrupted sweating. by Jalen Turner, <laughs> we were just talking about Jake Paul and the whole Tommy Fury thing. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, Anthony, you haven't spent too much time studying Tommy Fury. No, i seen part of his fight. I think I've seen... I, and didn't go back and watch it, but when it happened, I watched the last half of the was he who did he fight last? Anthony Taylor. Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. Yeah. On the yeah. undercard of Woodley One. Right. Yeah, and that fight was pretty bad, if I'm honest. It was, yeah, he looked like shit. He, he looked, looked like shit. shit, but because I was working and I was covering that fight for BT Sport, so I had to watch. So I watched some of the stuff. And as we said before, the opponents, the opposition wasn't very good. But he looked tip top. Like mm-hmm. you know, and he's a physical specimen. He's a big he dude. Is. He's ripped. He's in great shape. Handsome fella, almost as handsome as Drew Dober. But you know, come on, yeah, no one can achieve that kind of great. Yeah, yeah, they've still got a ways to go. Um, and he looked really good, but he looked shit against Anthony Pretty Boy Taylor. Maybe that's because he's an MMA fighter. You know what I mean? So the rhythm's a little different. But I'm just going to put it on you. Who do you think wins this weekend, Mister Smith? Uh, early, uh, up until today, to be honest with you, I, I, I was leaning towards Jake Paul um, because I was really stuck on that the last half of that Anthony Taylor fight, which I haven't. To be fair, I, I'm going to make a pick here and give you some analysis without watching a whole lot of tape on Tommy. Yeah, but that's okay. I uh, I was leaning. I'm just, Jake before Paul. you say that, Brian, I'm just sending you a video. Just cue it up in a second, mate. So, sorry, Anthony, I didn't mean to interrupt. Good. Go ahead. I uh, I was leaning. I was leaning Jake Paul. Um, I watched some of the press conference today and it seems to me like Jake Paul is trying to get under Tommy Fury's skin over there in Saudi Arabia, but it doesn't seem to be working. And and the fact that kind of Tommy Fury's team was so quick to make that bet saying if Tommy Fury loses, he'll forfeit all of his money that Jake Paul is paying him. But if he wins, he gets double. He was pretty confident in taking that. Um, that's, that tells me, I don't know, it tells me he knows something that maybe no one else knows. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely confident. He's 8-0, yeah. defeated. Everyone kisses his ass. He's got loads of money. 
He's very famous. You know what I mean? It, the, mm. the ego will be out of control, but it is, as we said before, with fighters, you got to have that. So that's a prerequisite to being a successful fighter. But he's got all the other stuff with it. He's got the J-Pole circus wherever he goes. So rightly so, he should be confident. He's doing big things, and he's, he's, he's definitely a major success in life. Mm. Um, I think he probably gets this one done, but you're right what you said. He's trying to make it personal. He's trying to talk a lot of shit. Brian, did you manage to pull that one up? I'm not sure if it even came through yet, through the ether. Is it there, buddy? Oh, here we go. Tommy, is I hope you've enjoyed these last few moments of your career. This is it. You're going to be retired from boxing after this. You're going to be disowned by your family. You're going to go back to your mother's maiden name. There's nothing else that can save you. It is just me and you. Mano a mano. Your brother's not in the ring anymore with you. Your dad's not in the ring with you anymore. Molly's not in the ring with you anymore. Bambi isn't in the ring with you anymore. So all that little cute motivation about having a child and fighting for her, all that shit goes out the window when I'm coming to take your fucking head off, decapitate you. I'm a mean, angry person deep down. I'm going to take out all of it on your fucking face. And there's nothing you could do to fucking beat me. I'm built different. I want this more than you. I have more of a why. I'm more tapped in. I'm more emotionally intelligent. I'm more spiritually connected. I've worked harder every single day in and out. I have a better team. I have a better support system. And guess what? Me winning this fight is for the higher benevolent good of the universe. And so it's not just me in the ring. It's all of my guidance it's all of my ancestors. It's all of my spiritual helpers. It's all of the people protecting me. And together we are going to fuck you up. You have four rounds and then you are fucked. Tommy Fury, this is it for you. I mean, that's some big words. Or I, stopped, I stopped listening after he said benevolent. Yeah, no, I know. It's for the side of spiritual benevolent good yeah, of yeah, the You start talking about fucking ghosts and goblins and Bro. benevolent. It's a fucking boxing match between a YouTuber and Tyson Fury's little brother in Dubai. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> this is a cultural. <laughs> Listen, guys, this is Logan Paul's brother versus Tyson. Fury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's two brothers. Uh, speaking of Logan Paul, look at that. It's not oh, that bad. Shit, what do you I think of one. the prime? It's it's not that bad. I. It's a little bit sugary. It's a little sweet. Sugary. It's a little it's sweet. sweet. It's, a, it's a little sweet, but it's it's not bad. My kids love yeah. it. Oh, I, I I had a couple of sips. Not bad. It tastes like any yeah. other drink. Any other mm-hmm. like a like a Gatorade. It tastes yeah. just like that. I'm not sure yeah. what all the fusses are. There you go. Marketing geniuses. I think Jake Paul wins. You think Tommy wins? I think so. Okay. Let's make a bet. All right. Let's, Let's make a bet. You. I already the, got the one. This, the winner of this bet. I got one. Does not have to partake in the one chip challenge that we're going to do. Oh no no no! My bet was going I the mean, other direction. On. The well, the winner. The winner of this. I knew, I, I knew that's when Brian would fucking perk up. <laughs> the winner of this bet only out. has to eat half the chip. And the loser's got to take ah. a whole chip. All full right. chip. All right. Well, Harrington and Brian should get to uh, give their bets as well. Harrington, uh, how do you see this one going down? Uh, we're getting on like this is John Jones versus Cyril Khan. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Let's just make that quite clear. But Harrington... What's your bet? Where would you put your money? Where are you putting that half a chip? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Jake Paul, man. He's got he's got Badu Jack uh, fighting for the cruiserweight title on the undercard. I think he's setting himself up to actually contend for a real boxing title with a win here. 
Yeah, no, for sure. That's exactly what he's doing. Brian, what do you say? I want to see John Fury's speech when his son loses to, to Jake Paul. No I... man alive can beat my son, <laughs> right? Listen, that Jake Paul doesn't know what he's doing. He's a bum. He's a bum, I tell you. He's got no idea. No man alive can box either of my lads. They are the boxing phenoms. They're going to take over this world. And that, if you ask me, is a pretty good John Fury impression. It's amazing. <laughs> That's um, that's an amazing. That just, that's a, that sounds no like every lies. one of the theories. <laughs> All the, the theories sound do. the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well you're sticking your chips on, uh, Tommy Fury. I got Jake Paul, but realistically, as we said, I'm interested, but I don't care. All right, let's just talk about Chalk.com. C H O Q. Look, listen. The reality is, in this day and age, men's testosterone is at an all time low, which is crazy. And not a day has gone by that I don't see people, you know, trying to improve their lives. But the part of the reason is, is that they've got low testosterone. If you don't have the energy, you're not getting the results you want in the gym. You're not as virile as you used to be. It's probably low testosterone. So there's lots of great products on the market, but there's also a lot of crap. Chalk is all natural. It is a new natural testosterone booster that takes the sports nutrition and natural health world by storm. And I prefer Chalk for several reasons. First of all, everything's natural. Okay, you, you pull up at a gas station, you buy one of those, it's full of weak crap, dirty ingredients, dirty supplements, and the guys at Chalk are proud to stand up above all of them in clean, pure, and healthy products, okay? Chalk is the cleanest research-based testosterone booster available that you can get. And along with Chalk, be sure to check out their Male Vitality Stack, S-T-A-Q, and the Stack Ultra, okay? If you think about it, your testosterone is dipping. Get it re-upped. Get that boost, okay? But do it in a natural way that's going to give you some some vitamins and minerals along the way, okay? Right now, go to chalk.com, use the promo code BISPING, okay? You're going to get a massive 35% off. The holiday season is approaching. Give the gift of better help to yourself and to others by going to chalk.com. And as I say, use that code BISPING, 35% off your entire order, which, come on, that is a it's a massive discount. Chalk.com forward slash BISPING. Good luck. Harrington, any big stories that we need to get to before we hit some questions? Yeah, uh, I think the the biggest one is uh, the UFC 288 card was announced. Oh, yeah, come uh, the, on, set it up. So we have a, a main event. It's looking like it's going to be Henry Cejudo versus Aljamain Sterling. And then the co-main event, as you spoke about with Drew Dober, Benil Dariush versus Charles Oliveira. Yeah, I love both those fights. Yeah. I mean, how can you I- not? Yeah, I'm excited to see Cejudo back for sure. That's interesting. So it really is interesting. You know what I mean? It's like now we're going to see how good is Aljamain Sterling, right? And listen, the way he beat Jan the first time, okay, everyone was up in arms about the knee. The second time he beat him fair and square. But again, it was a very close fight. TJ Dillashaw was an injured fighter. He Mm -hmm. essentially went in there one-armed, not taking away from Aljamain Sterling. I'm not. You know, you only beat the person that's put in front of you. It's not his fault TJ came in all bust up. It isn't, mm-hmm. you know, but it does still, you beg the question, could Aljamain become one of the true greats? If he can knock off Henry Cejudo, the answer is then definitely. However, it kind of sucks for Aljamain because the critics would still say, uh, Cejudo was retired for two years. He's getting older. He came off the couch. 
You know what I mean? But I don't think I don't think Cejudo is going to do that. I think Cejudo is going to come in tremendous shape. He's extremely disciplined, trains his ass off. He's got a great mind. He's very smart when it comes to the fight game. I think that's a hell of a fight. Well, he's well-rounded too. I, I think that's one of those knocks on Aljo is that, well, he beat Piotr Jan, but you know he was he did it with grappling. He didn't strike with him and stand in front of him. Um, he, it, Cejudo can do it all. There is no hole. And if Aljo's the wrestler and people are saying he's one-dimensional and he beats Cejudo, I mean, that's a, an Olympic gold medalist there. You can't really say much about it. No, no, you can't. You can't. And it's interesting for Cejudo. I mean, can he come back? I mean, the career that he's had has been unbelievable. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he's cringe and all the rest of it, and he leans into that. We had him on the podcast. He was awesome. He was great. He's, he's not like that in person at all. It's just like a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, the wrestling is there. Knockout power, man. Crazy knocked out, who was it, TJ, T- yeah, TJ and Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Two of the harder guys to hit, too. Two of the hardest guys to hit and to knock out. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, TJ, I don't know, Dominic Cruz or TJ prior to that don't, didn't have a history. They don't have a history now. Right. But I don't know if Cruz had ever been knocked out or finished like that before. No, I don't, not that I can recall. Yeah, we only had like so. two losses before that. Yeah, and then obviously Benil and Charles. I mean, that's a great fight in itself. Yeah. What do you it's reckon? A fun, it's a fun jiu-jitsu fight, for sure. The most submissions in the history of the UFC going up against Benil Dariush, who's a high, high-level black belt that essentially was able to beat Mataj Gamrat at his own game, if you will. So, yeah. very, very good fight. And you can't deny Benil Dariush. If he beats Charles, it has to be a title fight. Simple as to. that. Has but the to. question is, the question is, Anthony, if Charles beats Benil, do you think he should get a shot at the belt again? Oh, I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. The only reason I asked that question, and I'd love to see it, I think he's so exciting, the body of work that he's had, the records that he's set, and the excitement he gave us when he was champion of the world was phenomenal you know, and his work ethic as well. So, yeah, sure, I'm all about it. The only reason I asked the question is, A, to get a different take, but B, because it is so stacked. As we said to Jalen before, there's so many bloody people. It's wild, the talent at lightweight. But, um, all right, anything else, Harrington, anything burning before we get to questions? No, I'm, I'm looking through it here. Nothing, I mean, the the, the big story has all been taken care of. I think you guys are good to go. Right about now, if you got the questions, you can send them in to bympod at gmail.com. You know, Brian, you know what we need to do? We need to isolate uh, Leon Edwards when he gives us the right about now. Well, I have that. Oh, you do? Awesome. Awesome. And you, what, what, what snack were you munching on there, Brian? Looks like we got you at a bad time. There Was it a bag of chips? No, I, I ordered some French fries right before the show. Oh, nice. You just uh, ordered just, just French just, fries? I ordered some other stuff too. Oh, Let me uh, ask you. Mostly vices. How do you like your French fries? And we'll throw throw this one to the room because I love a good French fry, I but too. I like it with salt, shit loads of pepper. Don't like waffle fries. No way. Crispy waffle fries. That's no. how I do it. But I like salt, shit loads of pepper, and chipotle sauce. Do you give me it's that gotta shit? Be, it's got to be super salty, and. A little bit crunchy, salty and crunchy. They can't be too sauce. fat. I don't want those big. Yeah, but fat what about fries. the sauce? What about the sauce? The dipping sauce. 
Uh, mayonnaise is, is, is Chipotle or it's mayonnaise? Or ranch. No. Ketchup? Yeah, you're going you're going regular mayonnaise over ketchup. Chipotle mayo all day. Agreed. That is Chipotle the, mayo is the, that's the best. I, sauce. I can't argue with that. That's it a is. good one. But, but, but why do you guys have an issue with the mayonnaise on fries? I don't get that. I don't have an issue with it. I just feel like sweet and salty is a better combination than like savory fries and, and mayonnaise. Is good, but still the Chipotle, that's where it's at. But anyway, uh, if you've got questions, send them in bynpod at gmail.com and uh Harry and Tony, if Harry you're, Boney. If you're, Harry if you're enjoying this show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a five-star rating, positive review. It helps out on all those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new video drops. And if you want to catch over 400 episodes you can't find anywhere else, completely ad-free and uncensored, head to GasDigitalNetwork.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get yourself a seven-day free trial. All right, so uh, it looks like, unfortunately, it's just me because Anthony's got some Wi-Fi issues. He just cut out right before we did this and uh, just called him up and sadly can't make it. So, unfortunately for you guys, the questions are with me only. So, anyway, Brian, what do we have, my friend? Hey, all right. So, this first question we have here today is from Mr. Kyle Shelton, and he wants to know why uh, MMA scoring is more straightforward. All right, let's take a look. Hey, Michael Anthony and the gang. My name's Kyle. I have a question about scoring. This weekend was Islam versus Volkanovski. It was a great fight, but like many fights lately, it's, the crowd is split on who actually won. It seems like some people think that Islam won and some people think Volkanovski won. I think that's because the current scoring system has too much opinion in it. I was wondering what you guys think about maybe switching to a scoring system like wrestling, where everything has points allocated to it. A jab is worth X amount of points. A significant strike is worth a few more. A takedown is worth points. And control time on the ground or control time against the cage is worth points. And maybe round by round, they add up the points. And whoever wins more rounds at the end of the fight actually wins the fight. I was just wondering if you guys think this is a realistic idea. If maybe it could be implemented at a lower level like LFA. And then eventually comes up to the UFC. Thanks for your time and have a great day. Um, what do you think, Brian? Seeing as it's just me riding solo. That's all right. I think uh, I think there's a lot of like incidentals in M- in MMA that doesn't that's not in wrestling. You know, like uh, damage and stuff like that, where it's it just there's other factors into it than just who does move A, move B. Yeah, no, 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 exactly, completely right, because that was the, uh, I think we mentioned this at the time, there was a um, a seminar that we had to do from the judges and the commission and the referees and everything about how they score fights. And as we know, because lots of people have mentioned it many times, it's now based upon damage. And I understand what our friend there is saying, and I understand the reason for the question, because it do, that does sound logical. You know, the more jabs you land, you can stay on. Uh, the more jabs you land or the more right hands or whatever, it be, you know, you add that up. That sounds great. That sounds logical. But it doesn't really paint the whole story of the fight. You know, you, ch- you should do it. I agree with the new system. Now, of course... It's all down to opinions. Like a lot of people thought Volkanovski won. A lot of Australians anyway. They all thought Volkanovski won. I thought it was right. I thought it was a very, very extremely close fight. But I think they got it correct. Um, 
of course, with the control time and things like that and the so submission much more attempts. Control time. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a close fight. Volkanovski did amazing. That's not what we're here to talk about. But I thought they got it right. The, the number one criteria is damage. So like, if you did it from our friend's perspective there, I mean, let's just say there's, there's different types of jabs. Do you right. know what I mean? You like, can, I could hit I'm, you with a like a nothing jab and you could hit me with a stiff one that puts me on my back 100 percent still there count you go. the same because it's a jab well, well exactly so you illustrate my point perfectly you know and that would become a significant strike as opposed to a non-significant strike but it doesn't really matter you know i, I feel like listen the score system isn't perfect but i do like the fact they brought in the damage criteria um you know so it's always a tough one. And, and of course, mixed martial arts, the close fights, they're always under heavy scrutiny. And I think, you know, of course, I keep saying of course, but the judges, they try their best. You know what I mean? And, yes, there's good and there's bad. That Douglas Crosby, he came under fire a lot recently. Apparently, he's been doing a lot of bad judging. Uh, so maybe they need to look at that. And I always say if there's a questionable decision, the judges need to be held accountable and answer why they think they scored that way. You know, a fight that way, you know, in front of their peers or the, they need to sit down and watch a fight and to their bosses, their peers, whatever, say, this is why I scored it that way. And if it can't be um, realistically explained, then of course you've got an issue, you know, but I don't think, I'm sorry, say again, do you think that should be something that, that happens now? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, no, when we had that seminar, I put that to them and they actually said, no, we kind of do do that. Now I've never heard that. They don't make it public knowledge, but they said, no, no, listen, we do do that. When there is a controversial scorecard, we do kind of hold them accountable. Are they holding them accountable enough? We don't know because there is some scorecards that are just bizarre. But I understand the logical approach that our uh, nice – what was he called? Sorry, I keep saying my friend. Kyle. Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. I understand why Kyle would say that because that sounds um, logical, but it's open to interpretation as to how much one strike hurts and how much one doesn't. It's not a bad system. It's not a bad system. Of course, you can always improve, but I'm not sure that that is the way. It's the best one we got. Well, I guess it is the best one we've got so far. We've got one more question. We sure do. This is a silly one. This is from Mr. Uh, Sam McLean. Oh, hold on one second. That was weird. It's all right. Looks like you're having a bit of a power issue as well there, Brian. Things are happening around here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here's the question. All right. Hey, guys. Talk about the practicality of trying to pop someone's eardrums in the cage, you know. Maybe you got a single collar tie and just go, bah! Is that fucked up? Uh, uh, well, it's like an old school martial arts technique. I remember I used to do traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu and they would say that if you cup your hands and like that on the ears, you can burst their eardrums. You get that in Taekwondo uh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never seen or heard of anyone that actually said, so I got cupped by a guy that did traditional martial arts and it blew out my eardrum. So, um... I mean, yeah, listen, you it's want to do that? Chan you, movie. You, 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 yeah, no, exactly. Yes, yeah, Jack, Jackie Chan or some McDojo bullshit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, come on, the dim out. You wouldn't try and pop someone's ears out when you can just literally try and knock them out. Do, do you know what I mean? As it's, I said on the, que- on the question a second ago, it's on damage. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, yeah. It's, it's going to take ears. just as much force to knock somebody's head sideways as it is to pop yeah, their yeah. ear inside and their head. And contrary to popular belief, that is not how you cause cauliflower ears either. 
you know. Uh, so yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's like when people say about tickling. Why don't people just tickle? Because it doesn't work. It's like, why would you try and go to the effort of landing a successful ear cup when you could just as much land a punch to the jaw? All you gotta do is move it down a few inches. Yeah. In fact, not even inches. And you're on the jaw as opposed to the uh, uh, the ear. But our friend there looks like he might have been cupped to the ear once or twice. It's quite the headband or sweater or sweatband or bandage on his head, whatever it is. He's a character. Yeah, yeah. God bless him. God bless him. Well, Unfortunately, a bit of an abrupt end that we lost Anthony, and uh, we will be back on Monday. We appreciate you, Brian. Appreciate you, Harrington, and uh, appreciate you, Anthony Smith. But more importantly, we appreciate you, the believers. Without you, we wouldn't have this show. So, thank you all very much for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back next week, I guess. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Ryan Span, the key to cry love. That's an amazing fight. Can't give predictions on it because I'm commentating that one. So tune in and check it out. But until Monday, enjoy your weekends and we'll see you then. Yeah.